0: I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site.
1: And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki.
0: Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. Hey there, SCP fans. My name is Gregory Carpin, and this is Simply Creative People. The show about SCP creatives, be they authors, artists, or off-site content creators like YouTube and TikTok. We're focused on bridging the gap between various fans and serving as an introduction to different concepts and stories on the wiki. So, many welcomes to all, and let's get started. Uh, (laughs) Alright, welcome back to Simply Creative People. Uh, So, my name is Gregory Carpin, and joined as always, my lovely co-host. I didn't think of a name joke this time, Harry Blank.
2: Oh wait, no uh, so,
1: wait. Uh, what well, last time it was like am I Harry blank because it was question
0: time. So maybe it's am I Harry blank? You are Harry blank. But am I Also. also I am Harry blank.
1: Yes, and I also am Harry blank. You thought I was going to say Gregory Carpin but I'm
0: also Gregory Carpin. That's that's the same. It's it's always the same. Everybody knows this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm only hearing one name each time. It's kind of repetitive. This is almost like dead
0: air. We need to get going. Yeah. So, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, we were planning on doing, and we still will do, an episode on the art exchange. Which mm-hmm. is, if you don't, if you don't know, on the SCP wiki, we do a sort of <clears throat> San- secret Santa sort of thing, where uh, everybody kind of signs up. Well, everybody. Uh, people sign up. Everybody but uh, Gregory. That's right. I didn't this time. Sign up to volunteer their services to do something uh, wiki-appropriate. Wiki For example, wow, did you ever make that take too long? It was starting
1: to get really scary. They uh, they sign up to uh, provide their uh, services.
0: Services, wink, wink. Uh, so you basically say, here's what I'm good at. I can write this sort of article, or I can do this sort of art, uh, and I would be more than willing to donate. You know, fill in the blank. And then you provide what you would like in return, um, what sort of gift you would like. And then whoever's organizing it kind of assigns people secretly. Uh, and we, uh, we get some interesting, really, really cool, and, and oftentimes not a lot of attention on interesting articles. Yeah. So we thought we would do something spotlighting that. But even though Christmas is come and gone, uh, it's the 27th today, uh, most of those have not been posted yet. Uh, So we are waiting to see what happens in the next week, I would hope.
1: Yeah, tomorrow they announce who did what, so... uh, Ah, okay. There's usually links and such. The organizers do a good job.
0: Yeah, so if you want us to take a look at your uh, art exchange, if oh, you happen to be a contributor, feel free to send us an email. Uh, at, and if not, uh, you know, send us an email about art exchange or Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. And if you don't want us to take a look at it, just just let us know, and that'll put it right in the top of our list of things to look at. That's right. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, something we left a little bit unfinished was yeah. when a few weeks back we asked, you know, a month and a half ago, asked for questions for us to answer in a question answer session we got so many and we spent so long because we loved <laughs> the sound of our own voice that after one, three one hours voice. uh that's right just one voice um after three hours we hadn't finished so we put out the call for <laughs> some more questions to fill out the the list a little bit more And we are going with the um, the original (sighs) list, and we're going to give us a a quick end of year uh, special for more questions, and maybe some answers, but I don't know. The perils of
1: micro-celebrity on the internet. We've got got just (laughs) like six hours worth of questions.
0: There are dozens of us! Um... (laughs) So, we're going to start off. We're just going to dig right in. Uh, this might be a little bit shorter than last time, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, our the question we left off on was Rat King, uh, also known as Pasta Rasa on the wiki, um, oh. and uh, creator of many very cool, very cool things. Uh, very cool. That's right. And, and Rat King asked uh, two questions, so I'm going to read the first. Uh, and then you give the answer and we'll do that same way we did last time cool I believe you <laughs> I have no uh, memory of this <laughs> Rat King asks what's an article you feel, find deeply underrated in the sense that it simply did not get the attention you felt it deserved
1: <laughs> I like that I have to go first on this one <laughs> that's right <laughs> this is so lopsided um, I feel like all of Gro's articles just never got exactly as much as I think they deserved so Hopefully, when it's your turn, you're just going to say every article in order, and that'll be the best. <laughs> right? You're That's gonna, right. You're just going to list just, all of
0: them. Just read off the actual URLs for 90 articles, 90 right. pages of the wiki. Right, and this, the conprox and the
1: description. Uh, the, the one that I would pick out of mine, which is just kind of a crude and crass thing to, to do um, for me, is the... 5694 which is called the war pigs or pygmalion and it's a oh, it's, it's a, a yeah. uh, uh, what's the word um, imposter challenge uh, it's, a, it's a there's a lot of self-imposed challenges you can do on the SCP wiki that people have written up as like pseudo personal self-contest things that you can do if you're you're bored uh, and the imposter challenge one is to try without getting crit from the person to write an article that could be mistaken for having been written by Uh, a fellow author and so I wrote 5694 in the style of Plague PJP and it's a story about uh, strange seemingly alien individuals who uh, walk into various stores and locations and attempt to uh, purchase the most violence enabling things that they can find (laughs) in the most awkward, bizarre ways possible and uh, it, it it was just an excuse to write weird off english vaguely ominous and scary but funny dialogue like like i would like to purchase death and stuff like that and that's <laughs> very fond i'm very fond of it and it's at plus 87 and i wrote it like two years ago so i think that's underrated i feel like that one could have done better but it's probably because all my other articles are connected to each other and they get read in order and the ones that are orphaned
0: from my reading series are like half at best <laughs> that's just how that goes Wow, I have found completely the opposite to be true
1: <laughs> yeah that's weird you, your, your vKTM ones always just do do way up there and the ones that are in in order in the series it, 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 it might change now that you've got it finished hopefully
0: yeah, let's hope we I have seen some improvement on that um and I've gotten a few messages from people that just sat down and cranked out the whole thing which is amazing. Thank you for anybody that's done that it, it really lovely. means it really really means a lot. The things I have done on the wiki that I've done well, obviously I'm fond of, but the story Heka is definitely, you know, something pretty special to me because it's, it's basically a novel on the wiki. It so. is. Probably a pretty <laughs> sizable novel at this point. Yeah, it's like 85,000 words. Nice. But each episode or, you know, chapter is uh, pretty manageable. Nothing, None of them go over 5,000 words, so... Yeah,
1: unlike unlike certain other people in the room, Gregory is able to restrain himself.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, I you know, uh, I do long form fiction. I think pretty well, but it takes. Yep. It's not something I can just shoot out. Whereas this was done very much like, okay, what needs to happen next? So it was interesting to take four years to to slowly write a novel, mm.
1: scene by scene, as it were. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, okay, for my answer, yeah, uh, I've got one that's not mine. That I just want to throw out there. And that's Oh SCP- look at this fucking generous guy making making me look terrible now. Well, I also got one for myself as well. Uh, but SCP five four five six, which is Sweat Mother by Famine Pulse. Oh, of course. Gotta love Sweat Mother. Um this article only is like plus fifty? I don't even Come think on, it's hit really? sixty. And it is absolute nightmare fuel. Um Oh god, it it's be- fifty eight. That's
1: so low. I still Yeah.
0: It it's it's everything that I love about Famine Pulse, and it just kind of, like, went and, you know, no one seemed to notice it. And it's it's just wrong. It's very short. Please go read SCP-5456. It is pure nightmare, surreal imagery by the master of it on the SCP Wiki, in my opinion. It's beautiful. Uh, for my article, I would say... Um, given the amount of effort I put into it, I would say 6602, which is a season of waste. Um, This is an article, it's an SCP obviously. So it's an anomaly that is not presented as such, but it is essentially a ghost story in a a non-traditional way. It's about a mausoleum uh, and things that happened in that mausoleum um i spent i'm gonna talk about later on so i'm not gonna go too in depth but one of the other questions kind of brought up as well but um yeah i spent an an inordinate amount of time on the imagery uh compared to the writing of it um and the writing of it i tried something that i'd never done before which was there's no dialogue everything had to be compelled you know communicated through just descriptions of what the, the the agents see or or do uh and i think it actually turned out really well um mm-hmm. but it, it it's it's like just over a hundred but i i really feel like i mean it's obviously not a failure uh but uh yeah i, I just we feel don't like fail it, in this house <laughs> until that to some of my uh, also, yeah, just uh, uh, maybe uh, go read my uh, series, please. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay. Folk or Carpin. Do you want to read the second one from Wrecking? I suppose.
1: Ahem. And perhaps this question is a bit self-serving. We love those. But what is an article of yours you'd be the most interested in seeing me draw? Well, Gregory, what would
0: you like to see a terrifying, sketchy circle face face picture man of? SCP sixty six seventy seven, which is Finn's Hollow, which has a whole it's a puppet oh, show produced nah, by yeah. by Vikander Deed. Um, and I found just so many images of creepy puppets and I would do I would do almost anything to see rat king draw some of these creepy puppets that would make me inordinately happy
1: oh that one's got to be on a rat king kind of vibe for sure yeah uh just uh, it appears that the answer i wrote down is a shitpost answer Uh, i i wrote (laughs) down scp 6762 which is dave wants you which is about a a cardboard box going around telling people what to do which i wrote for a fray interactive for 5k but i'm very fond of it it's a it's a cardboard box with a smiley face on the side i know racking <laughs> likes cardboard boxes with smiley faces on them so
0: yeah he would do a good job of that yeah all right uh you want to read this next one? Oh no wait i'm reading this next one uh quaken quaker button nose which is a fun username, says, what is something another person made based on one of your articles that you really like or enjoy? It could be fan art, a piece of writing, a YouTube video, etc. cetera.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, I have my answer here. This is my turn, right? I'm supposed to go? Yeah. My turn? You asked the question, so I answered oh, Yeah, yeah. So I had a... Um a video that's not gotten nearly the attention it deserves. It was just absolutely phenomenally well put together. It was a reading of what at the time was my biggest article, which was 5866, The Name Snake, uh, the Tiamat uh, article, which was my first like stratospheric one. Uh, And it's by Nomadic Archives, and they did a reading of it where they got uh, voice actors and actresses to actually oh, yeah. do a really phenomenal job of reading it. And the characters just, it just pops right out. The, the The job that everyone involved did on this is super high quality. And a lot of the times the really high quality production videos of readings and stuff don't do as well as the shit-ass clickbait garbage that that uh, <laughs> content farms churn out. So the Nomadic Archives just absolutely blew me away when i listened to this i was so pleased it was just, just yeah so good it was awesome so that's the one i would pick for now oh, are we only picking one oh no you go you go boy i i love everything everybody makes i love all the videos we've gotten i love all the, the fan art people have done so much fan art Love Marginal had done about 800 pictures of Dr. Lillehammer and lost her mind. The number of people who've, who've poured out all this stuff is, uh, it's endlessly gratifying to me, but I wouldn't be able to pick just one thing, so I'm just picking this video and
0: letting it all stand in for it. <laughs> there. Uh, I'm gonna list, like, a whole bunch of shit, cause, like, I, once I started listing one, I was like, oh, but what about this, and what about this? Um so sap the offshoot which is a currently in production and kind of they've released a few things animation uh where they kind of do a (coughs) it's a slice of life comedy sort of read the office um of a sub site of site 19 i think it's 19s or something um and they did a recent promo for it where victim trolls the site uh and it's you just see this promo roll and then you see some of the doctors and the director react to how the hell they even got it and where these videos were sent and it i've never been so happy in my life i've watched it's like i think it's like 2 minutes i've watched it like 20 times like it's just <laughs> it just i mean Gesma who's one of the writers on the show told me what's happening and i believed it but i didn't believe quite you know in reality like what they were going to do i thought it was going to be a mention of victim I didn't think you're going to actually you know, do something I do. like I would have written an article about. And <laughs> it just, you know, I, I hate to sound, I don't want to sound ungrateful because it's amazing, but it just immediately made me think, like, why are we not doing this all the time? Like, <laughs> please, let's let's work together. People, do you want to make videos out of the victim stuff? Because I think that's what it's meant for.
1: <laughs> yeah, you think maybe a victim has uh, some sort of media, media yeah. element to it, right? So you know, just a little bit. I mean.
0: It's all—they're almost scripts. <laughs> the logs are almost scripts. Pretty they much stage they direction. Much are. And shit. Um, anyway, yeah, I love that. Go check it out. It's uh, it's SCP Peeps. I think is the video channel. Um, and That's it was great. the last thing they uploaded. It's really cool. Um, I yeah. have gotten fan art from Niram. Uh, oh, yeah. For <laughs> my director Varga, which is from Hecatontries, um, and she just like sent it to me just was like oh i was just trying to do some um portraits so i did your character and it just (laughs) it's incredible like it just it's it's just this wonderful piece of art Niram is offensively talented it's just unfair oh my god i know i would do anything to have more Niram art. um they put so much effort and work into everything they do it's phenomenal it really shows up um they haven't been doing as much SCP stuff lately, but anything they post, I'm just involved. Like, if you go to my uh, YouTube channel, I have a saved playlist, which is Niram's music, Sarkic music, which is incredible. It's just what if, you know, mm-hmm. Hayo Miyazaki made an anime about the Sarkics? This is the soundtrack to it. It's incredible. <laughs> um, also, Aethrist did this incredible thing for SCP-5923, which was a pixel art about my sad turkish town and i've got it at the top of my author page because i want to see it every time i look at my author page um scp archives did a fully voiced podcast of the same scp uh it's amazing it's super well done like a cast of like 15 or something it's it's nuts uh scp unredacted did a fully voiced adaptation of 3809 and then asked me to do a part in it as well and that's fucking amazing uh exploring series did a seven part read eight hour long video explaining our joint article of 6500 which is fucking incredible yeah um love marginal did the coolest image i've ever gotten probably sorry to everybody i just shouted out because they did <laughs> mari mcpherson <and laughs> just so perfect it's not even funny <laughs> um you know I, I and honestly I feel like oh oh god there's also the art from you is for the uh, you is for the unstrung because salty water who did our podcast art did all of the oh, anthology salty, or so is working through all of the anthology stuff oh yeah salty's amazing and did the coolest creepiest surreal image of the puppet with the Eldritch horror kind of breaking through the background but it's actually the negative space of a cracking like stained glass oh it's just so good um and then randy who's done a lot of fan art for me did an incredible version of frank from scp 6677 and also uh, a really cool banner image for scp 7007 with all the main characters um and also you know um this isn't stuff for me but anytime somebody writes a victim or a vanguard article I feel like a vicarious sense of victory from it like uh, just because oh look i made something that or you know uh, not just me with vanguard but you know i was involved in making something that inspired someone to write a whole other piece of fiction um and anybody that ever works on those things knows i would hope that i would like to keep my hands on those things and i would love to see it and i offer even though i don't really do crit for randos anymore um I do it for almost anything that has victim or Vanguard in it because I don't know, I want to control that stuff, not control <laughs> it, but like, I want to, you know, ha- be a ha- a guiding hand on the till. I don't you want to, to t- do what I, <laughs> yeah. I don't want anyone to, to, to be constrained by my thoughts, but I also just kind of want to like, you know, tell them my thoughts and, you know, it's their article. They can do whatever they want. But, um, but yeah, look, listen, if you are a, an artist, If you are, if you're doing videos and you want to adapt something that I or Harry or any SCP author has done, trust me, you will make us incredibly happy by doing so. Absolutely. Pure endorphins. It's insane. It's, there's nothing so incredible as getting, you know, a piece of art or a video or somebody writing an article based on something you did. And it's just, it's like, oh, wow, people are reading the thing I made. Um. Yeah, but yeah. if you want to see any of the fan art I just mentioned and a whole bunch of other stuff, I have it all up on my author page with the author, with the artist permissions. Um, it's under a collapsible, so it doesn't take over the whole page. But
1: yeah, that sorry, that kind about... of reminds me of uh, Gesma's uh, memes, which uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always I'm always deeply pleased. He just
0: churns them out at an extraordinary rate. I'm always very so entertained s- by them. He, he's so creative with them like they're never the like sometimes i'll go and try and make a meme out of something on the SCP wiki and it's like pretty low effort i'm just like making a shit post and Gizmo's stuff is always so fucking clever
1: yep he's uh he's always very good i don't know how much of it is me uh doing the leonardo dicaprio pointing at the tv gif but it's Because it's, hey, it's my stuff. It's, this is funny because I recognize my own things. But, but but they're always really high quality and they always make me smile. And I'm always happy to see them. And he does an extraordinary number of them. And uh, doing a lot of work promoting us, I think, by doing it. Because he puts it on yeah. dank memes from Site-19. Yeah, absolutely. Deeply um, appreciated the uh, I, ongoing engagement of the people who read our stuff.
0: I think Gesma. And who's also responsible for the victim stuff with okay. SCP peeps that we mentioned earlier? Right. You know, I mean, other people also worked on it, but um, I think Yasma is like kind of responsible for the, I'll just see strangers in like the the official, um, you know, the Discord talking about victim and just being like, "Who? What? You know, you know about my thing." Uh, so that's just you know, that's incredible. And no longer do I get random stuff. i just going like, oh, it's just politics. (laughs) I'm sure people still think that, but uh, whatever. The
1: secret is to make the people who have the bad opinions feel bad about saying them. Uh, I just
0: don't talk to them. There you go. That's a good way to make them feel bad. (laughs) That's not not to say you can't criticize. Of course you can criticize. Of course you you can criticize. Be nice about it. it. It's not hard. (laughs) You think Uh, it would. It, It must be just judging
1: by people, but
0: yeah. Alright, yeah. well, next. Okay, uh, what is... And this is from Space Stealth. Didn't I uh, read the... the oh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. You're you stealing go. my fucking... Jesus know, Christ. Already ruining this whole fucking thing. Oh my god, We're just. let's just stop. Let's just stop right here. Okay. So <laughs> stop the podcast.
1: That's it, the podcast is over. It's over forever. Last episode, surprise, happy new year. <laughs> uh, so this is by Space Stealth, is that the next one? Yeah. What is your favorite piece of SCP media images, audio, etc
0: you have made? Question mark. Uh, unfortunately, I have another long answer um, <laughs> because yeah, anyway uh, SCP 7007, Misfortune Gorge um, okay. which, which I wrote with Vivarium so I didn't write it entirely by myself, obviously uh, but what i did do by myself was i took this was starting about mid last year i started doing tweets from vikander need i have a separate twitter account and i just use it to like pretend like they're really in the real world um and then i started saying hey some of these are good what if i turn them into little commercials and then i became friends with jack mockery uh who is a up-and-coming voice actor is getting too big for me to ask to do free things probably now because he's (laughs) actually getting works in in upcoming video games go follow jack mockery uh he's great uh and we did videos uh i did like they're basically still shot uh, images with some overlay effects uh and uh a narration of like videos from uh, Vicander Need as ad breaks in the game show of Misfortune Gorge. And they turned out ridiculously well. Uh, and I'm just so proud of them. Uh, and it took so much time. <laughs> Video editors, uh, hats off to you. <laughs> um,. Because I also ended up, and I used a whole bunch of images, and a lot of them are really funny, but some of them just look like random commercials. But I also included an image in there from SCP-2000, but I erased the langu- the word that's actually in, in it, and I just said on, on top of it, this is a blatant ripoff of SCP-2000. <laughs> Which implies, A, that victim is fully aware of SCP-2000 and B, that it was like a meta sort of like, like reaching through the,
1: the whatever. This is why yeah, I, I... Yeah, if it's a real database article in the universe you wouldn't call it a blatant ripoff of it, right? Right,
0: right. <laughs> um You know, so I, you know, that's why when people have asked if I have done pataphysics, I'm like yeah, victim. <laughs> <laughs> no i Um, won't explain what i mean by that no just figure it out for yourself um also i mentioned earlier the scp the images for 6602 Uh a season of waste um writing the article maybe took like four or five hours doing the the images probably took like 25
1: hours (laughs) it's been fun watching you figure out all this stuff yeah
0: and that was earlier on and those are really detail rich because the idea is it's a mausoleum that wants to communicate, but it can't because everything is silent within the mausoleum due to the anomaly. So the stained glass is how it tries to communicate. Uh, and it doesn't do so with like words. It's just imagery. Uh, and so the stained glass is morphing and changing as the SCP agents are trying to get out of the mausoleum. And then those are what the images are. Um, and I think they turned out really well. They did. Uh, and a lot of them are just, hey, here's this, uh, here's this um, stained glass, you know, thing that someone had uh, put a CC compliant picture up of, and then it's erasing bits of it and then making it look like there are other bits that are within the actual stained glass from SCP iconography or language or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was <laughs> super hard. I bet. Um, and then for some photo edits that are just kind of, I'm really kind of proud of in the carpathians which is a Parawatch article i did with Pentagon, uh where we did it's basically a hiker stumbles on a department of abnormalities bunker in the mountains uh hiding all sorts of davite stuff and i wanted to give it like a real sense of place so you know i took pictures of bunkers and pictures of old ruins and then i manipulated things within them to make it look like they were these really abandoned places and not like tourist attractions um and I also made a peach look like a human head, so you there's do that. that. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how that worked. Um, so yeah, those are my those are my answers.
1: Those are good answers.
0: Oh wait, and SCP-7796, which is the photo edit that looks like it's actually from a TV show, uh, but where the the talk, ho- talk show host is a meatball a sentient meatball man
1: oh right yeah yeah, yeah. you edited my edit of the, <laughs> the yeah. lobster in there that was funny
0: I, I i remember i sent you the finished product and i was like all right i know this probably isn't that great what do you, what like, do you think what because <laughs> i don't know i just immediately think like i'm missing something uh, right. you're like no god just post that
1: that looks good you did it <laughs> I, was, I was i was legitimately surprised because uh, the original image is is very filtered and, and fucked with and i was surprised you're yeah. able to clip it out and have it look natural i was very impressed at, at how much you've grown
0: yeah i took his head and put it onto the actual Yes. uh, it, it, uh talk Cabot, show host I think, body it? Dick, yeah it was the Cavett it took it and then he's interviewing anthony quinn because um, <laughs> that was an archive photo like in the like library of congress or something um, it was fun yeah yeah go read that article god damn it yeah 77.96 yeah, yeah. anyway what what do you about you what, what, what media things are you proud of
1: um well the images on the last scp article that i posted uh with the placeholder McDeeLaren and Steph Lynch. Oh, yeah. uh, fifth episode of Admonition, which we were which I was hinting would be coming out in the last last episode, which is now out. Uh, existential abatement, SCP-7243. I think most of the images in there that I did that are photo bashes are the best of the photo bashes I've done on the site, and I'm very, very proud of the multicolored explosions in, in profusion. I think they're they're quite pretty to look at and I'm quite pleased with them. Um, A lot of the ones that I've done before I'm, I'm quite happy with, but I, I generally get happier with whatever the newest ones are. I'm, I'm I'm trying to make it so that each one is at least as good as the stuff that I've done before. Um, the two that I was probably the proudest of for completely different reasons before that are uh, in SCP-5520, The Rabbit Hole, which is about a insane, sad reality bender living under Site-43. I have an image of a lonely silhouette standing in front of a subterranean factory that I think is very striking. Oh, yeah. I was very pleased mm-hmm. by that one. It's haunting. Um, it's Thank you. It's spooky. Uh, the mm-hmm. original version, I had to actually... I had to make a completely new version because people changing their licenses on images, which is illegal, don't fucking do it. Uh, <laughs> it's not worth going to court over, so I had to redo the images. Um, but the new one looks better, and that's kind of how it always goes. Actually, one of the images in 7243, I discovered that... CC Search, the engine that we used to find these CC images, had cached an earlier version of an image that was um, in a Creative Commons compliant license. And the jackoff who made the image subsequently changed it to be non-commercial, which means you can't use it on the wiki. And I had to redo the whole fucking image because CC Search told me the wrong license, and I wasn't happy about that. Uh, but the new version again looked a lot better. <laughs> it's it's nice. The second time I do it, I always go, if I have to make this image twice. I'm gonna at least get some virtue out of it and just make it look better the second time. You
0: uh, pour your frustration, anger into making it look cool. Yeah, yeah. emotion always <laughs> improves art. Just the different kinds of emotion.
1: <laughs> and in this case, it was uh, I was it was an image of an explosion, so I, I pouring the anger in there probably helps with that. Uh, but the one that I, it, it, the one that I feel proud of, even though its nature it's not like fantastic because it doesn't have to be if you look at it without the uh, filters i put on it because there's a pixelation filter on it because it's a still frame from a youtube-like site that's supposed to be low quality phone audio or some shit so f- phone video so it's it's pixelated which hides most of the evil of the laziness of the photoshopping so it looks real even though it's totally not but the reason that i like it is because it's so fucking stupid it's from scp 7000 and it's a picture of Dr. Weddle out on uh, out on um, an assignment that goes terribly wrong because that's the whole premise of SCP-7000 is they always go terribly wrong for him. And the caption on the YouTube video that somebody has captured of this event is Fat Idiot Gets Wrecked by Kangaroo. It's, <laughs> a of, it's a picture of Dr. Weddle getting kicked by a kangaroo into an industrial barbecue and there's hot dogs flying everywhere. And I'm very <laughs> proud of it just because it's just so fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> um yeah that that those images for 7000 are so like impressive because they are so believable they're they're very ordinary in a lot tried, of ways i
1: tried very hard on
0: those ones right uh, i was hoping i might
1: uh, win the contest
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah they're all very i like the one where you can just see his feet because he's just falling out of frame yeah they're uh, all it's a
1: training montage where they're all they're all, getting, <laughs> they're all out there with their guns and their tactical, and you can just see his feet sticking up and he's completely <laughs> inverted somehow
0: because somehow they decided that that was a picture that needed to be in the official documentation just <laughs> yes, of course. so stupid suck it uh, Lee. it's in your article now oh, that's so good um but yeah, uh, existential abatement. Um, I know it's doing fine, but people, <laughs> Jesus. That's a real, I mean, I liked all the admonition stuff, obviously. Uh, we've talked about it before, and we'll have we'll do a whole episode on it pretty soon, I think. But um, yeah. yeah, this one is, you know, obviously I'm a fan of yours already. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. But I, I do really think this is a, like, success is the wrong word. It is so technical and so confusing what you guys wrote. And yet it's so easily readable. <clears throat> Do
1: you know yeah, what I mean? I think, like it's it's, got, it's, I think it's got placeholders best techno babble because it's completely insane. And I read it yeah. and I go. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't understand, no, it, there, but I, get there it. wasn't
0: a <laughs> moment, even though it's decently long and it is, <clears throat> and it is full of, of strange concepts. There's not a moment that isn't me going. Okay. Following. All right. What next? Um, <laughs> Yep. And you somehow turned that into this incredibly personal uh, story, which is, you know...
1: Well, we pretty... spent a year on it, so it's good to hear. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it's a, I mean, I told you guys in Discord, but uh, yes, yeah, you I mean, what a fucking success that was.
1: All right. End the series uh, off well, because I don't mean the Admonition series, which is still going strong, but we're getting towards the end of Series 8, so that was probably going to be my last big one in Series 8. <coughs> Imagine the kick-on comes in January. <laughs>
0: Yeah, everyone's been saying that, and so I thought we were down to, like, double digits of articles, and I just did a search, and we have, like, 153 open slots, and I was surprised. But I know we typically announce it when it's close to 100, so, yeah. What are we uh, at? now? Uh, 160, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, uh, next question. Am I reading this one, or are you... Uh, I can't remember. Just one quick note. Oh, no. Art,
1: art Exchange will probably push it forward a lot, right, when they start posting the Art Exchanges? Because a bunch of people probably not yeah.
0: see Yeah, probably.
1: And nobody likes to f- delete a Christmas present, even if it sucks. So, <laughs> carry on.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember I th- who did read this. I think I'm reading this one. Yeah, because It's the first, last. Uh, this one's from Lemon Sense. Uh, you, you're both given the opportunity to re- rewrite one article on the site. It doesn't matter if it's an SCP, a tale, or anything. No. What would you pick? I, let me just say before you answer, I found this to be a trap. <laughs> <laughs> this question what? is a fucking trap. I am not doing this. I mean, I have an answer, but like, I, I, I was like sitting there going, like, I don't, oh, I don't, no. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like, I. Do I pick yeah. something by somebody I don't like? Is that what I'm...
1: <laughs> I thought you meant it was a trap because of the way your brain works, where you immediately refuse and oh, no idea, no. and then you think about it for a minute, and then you have to do it. So now you'll have no, to... No, that, co- right that kind of
0: did happen, but luckily, the thing I chose, <laughs> it'll never happen, so it's fine. Anyway, you, uh, you go first.
1: SCP-043, which is by an unknown author, and so I feel perfectly S- fine safe. slagging it off yeah. anytime that it comes up uh, have I complained about it on the podcast I can't remember or not I, I don't know have. which one is that one it's uh, I think it's called The Beatle slash search C three zero four three. it's not because it's part. my number that pisses me off it's because it's a crap article um, it's, it's a tiny short little thing about uh, a, a, a final copy of The White Album by The Beatles and the great thing about this article is that everything about it is wrong like everything about it is wrong <laughs> everything that they can possibly have said incorrectly about how a record works is wrong it appears to be a vinyl copy and then they talk about it like it's it's one record the white album's double Double album. They yeah. call it the White Album. It's not called the White Album. That's not clinical. It's called the Beatles, colloquially known as the White Album. They talk about how it's like one record that'll play from start to finish, and when the 29th track is reached, well, it doesn't have a 29th track. It's got four sides. It's a double vinyl album. You're talking <laughs> about a CD now. And then fucking. Uh, eleni fish truck, please come back so I can complain that you did image replacement for this article and you put a picture of a CD-ROM digipack as the image for this vinyl album. <laughs> 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 which I I don't actually hate that 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 happened because it makes this article look worse, which is good because it should look worse because it's rated at plus 345 and I want it to be deletion so I can rewrite it because it's so fucking bad. (laughs) Everything about it is wrong. Like, why do you want to write about vinyl records if you've obviously never touched a vinyl record?
0: (laughs) No kidding. Uh, That makes me think of probably my favorite comments I've ever gotten on any article. Which was on SAP seven thousand seven, and somebody wrote this deadly serious dissection of why I was wrong, describing how <laughs> a- audio analysis works. Um, it's like it's it's like a five paragraph essay you would turn in in high school. Like it's it's this whole thing, and all I could say to this person was, "That's the funniest thing anyone's ever written on one of my articles," because it was like. Tell me you didn't really get the point of this article without telling me. Like it's it's a jo- It's it's supposed to be funny. Like who? Ca- that's not the point. Are just so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> who cares if the audio analysis is in the way? I mean, you know, thanks for the critique. I, I'm not bashing that person, but it just was like, wow. Talk about hyperfixation.
1: Yeah. The, reason, um, the thing with this one that, that always gets me about it is that um that's the entirety of the article. It's like 300 words long. Like <laughs> it's so short that it has enough time to go. There's a spooky ghost in the record. And then every other word is spent being wrong about how records. It's just the article is essentially about the author doesn't understand records. (laughs) Good God.
0: Why is that over 300? It's garbage.
1: I and, have And I don't feel bad saying this, because it's articles. Unknown Arthur. Un- unknown Arthur. Un- good old Unknown Arthur, my, my good thing. <laughs> it's, un- it's an Unknown Author article, so if, if they get upset or pissed off that I keep saying well, everywhere I can Whatever. that I hate it, then maybe they'll tell us who they are, and we can cross them off the list.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. I just think it's fucking, you know, I have, like, three articles that are over 300. Like, why is this nothing article? You know, Series 1, Jesus. Like
1: it's just because <coughs> it's early it's it's so early I and know. you get through and you go yeah it's yeah. alright this isn't garbage and you come back and you go this isn't even a story this, no. isn't, this no. isn't anything yeah. the, the, this isn't like even the short that's the thing that people don't understand they go well everything's gotta have a story now you gotta have a narrative with the old ones they all did they all have stories all of the ones that yeah. survive that are good they have stories they yeah. might be small stories they might be telling you just one thing but they are stories the ones that are bad are the ones that just go it's a thing and I have nothing to say about the thing that's interesting other than yeah. wouldn't that be spooky? <laughs> and, yeah. and I just, I hate this article and it's bad and I, I can't rewrite it because
0: it's, it's rated plus 3.5 right. yeah.
1: written by an unknown author. So it's just going to sit there forever.
0: Yeah. You could, you could really do something cool with it. Seeing as you that's know, your number. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Anyway, placeholder and
1: I have some plans because we might tie it, tie something in with the, uh, temporary
0: secretary series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that article. Yeah. Um, my and answer it's... is also kind of a safe answer, and I'm not bashing the author because I like Clef, but I would like to rewrite and mostly reformat the GOC hub.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I think it's a it's just a mess, and it's sort of boring. Sorry, Clef. Yeah, um, use a little bit of work for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I really like that hub. You know, when we did that that episode which was I think the first one you were on because um, no one else was ever on the show uh, <laughs> right the first episode and, uh, you mean, yeah. well the second um,
1: no, only, only episode. no uh, obviously even the one that you were in by yourself it d- you doesn't know.
0: exist yeah it doesn't exist um, you know I read through that you know pretty in depth and uh, was just like you know there's some great stuff on this hub but the hub makes it hard to find <laughs> yeah it needs tidying up
1: and it needs streamlining mm-hmm. and it needs expansion yeah. and it needs some visuals and it needs quite a bit
0: yeah but a lot yeah, of the old so that's hubs that's... are like that yeah yeah so that's that's my answer
1: that's a good answer that's a good uh, answer thank you
0: also i just love doing hubs oh jesus i really need to do a hub for uh, our department of uh procurement and liquidation
2: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> one more thing um all right. Uh next question from Lemon Sense. Oh, I read the last one. Wait. Right. What? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, so you, you read this one. Dinner with any one person,
1: alive or dead. And uh, just skipping any maudlin real talk answers to that one, I'll just say uh, I'd like to I'd like to talk to an actor named Richard Bamer who played uh, Ben Horn on Twin Peaks, and I want to tell him that I think he's one of the best actors of all time. I just want to tell him that, because I've watched Twin Peaks a few times all the way through, and I'm always struck by what a fantastic actor is, and he seems like he'd be a cool guy, and he's probably going to die sometime soon. (laughs) Which character was he? Ben Horn, the guy who owns the Great Northern Hotel. Oh, my God. He, he acts, circles wonderful. around absolutely everybody who he shares a scene with. And he's just always doing something. He's just uh, always moving or he's always, he's got like, he's so props and he's always, he touches things. He moves around the set. He's just phenomenal in every yeah. scene. And yeah. I just, I don't think he gets enough credit for it. He doesn't. He's wonderful in
0: it. Uh, in, in a series that is full of wonderful, full of, crazy like, characters. Super memorable characters. But he, he just is. he just
1: like sucks the camera focus right onto him whenever he's there. <laughs> the wave. even when he's even when he's got the worst plot line in, in, oh, in yeah. the episode,
0: sometimes he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he does have some dumb plot. He's got some terrible plot lines in the return. Yeah, he's got the <laughs> it's just I don't give a
1: shit, dude. His plot line in the return doesn't like even go anywhere, but it's still like, well, Ben's here, that's nice. I I can see, yeah. see Ben um, I, him. I just
0: I just like absolutely adore the way that he eats that baguette in the early, I think <laughs> it's like sandwich, episode one or two. This, the sandwich it's just, it's thing with butter. him and his brother. It, it's, yeah. it's, 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 that's the scene for most
1: people. I feel, I'd like to imagine yeah. that's the scene for most people where you're watching and you go, I'm gonna watch this show. I'm gonna keep yeah. watching this show. It's, it's just like amazing. a
0: it's just like a baguette <clears throat> with like he's just like it's just a fucking baguette that he brought from Paris. So it's an overnight flight. It's not that fresh, bro. Like you can get baguettes yeah. here.
1: <laughs> they're, like... just, they're just these weird epicures, and they just love this sensual stuff so much that they're both losing their shit over this fucking sandwich.
0: What was so funny Ooh. is he's such a scumbag in yes. other parts that he and he's like kind of irredeemable in in a lot of. Yep. The moments up until that point, And you haven't really even seen him with his daughter at that point. And all, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of like this guy. Yeah, that's how, I, that's how I feel about fresh bread too. So, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. It completely takes this character who you, you only see as like a negative character most of the time in the early yeah. episodes. And then you go, boy, does he ever like that bread. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I kind of like how much he likes that bread, even though he seems like he might have murdered a teenage girl.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not spoilers don't worry um, no everybody this, pretty much everybody who lives in the everybody town is is, a, is a, suspect. a suspect yeah the worst anyway. problem that that show had was solving the murder there's um, there's a scene in the show where he's watching an old
1: videotape of his dad like breaking the ground for the hotel or whatever and just watching him he's got I think I don't know if he's got a cigar or something or just probably. watching the the camera just sits and watches his face as he watches this video and he just acts. So goddamn much. Just yeah. watching the look on his face and the moot body language, he's just such a good actor. And I just, I want to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like me? you know, dinner with dinner with him, I'd have to ask him if he likes the bread as much as. Uh, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I like that bread in <laughs> Twin Peaks. You're like, you, you go to a French restaurant. And you're like, huh, huh? Okay. Can you He's can like, you do the thing? Can yeah, you do the th- yeah. Okay. He's like, yeah, that was for for you thirty thirty years ago. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, um, my answer would be Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, maybe not that interesting of an answer, well, but That's a good answer though. I worship that dude, which is the most tropey fucking. I'm a forty year old who white man who likes to even write, of course i like get <laughs> but like he's one of the most important authors of the 20th century for a reason like it's it's i would just i mean i, I literally listened to recordings of him giving talks i would just like to get drunk with that dude so badly <laughs> and unfortunately he died so yeah a well luckily the ago. question allows you to
1: i know to meet a dead person so let me know how it goes. Uh, um, all right, uh, this is favorite. happening. This is happening, right? There are, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it's yes. Okay.
0: Uh, <clears throat> and finally, uh, favorite pizza toppings. Because why not? All right, you go.
1: Green olives are the choice for me. Just green olives. Just green olives. I love green olives on pizza.
0: Okay. I don't think yeah. I've ever had green olives on a pizza. Oh really?
1: Uh, it's yeah, a fairly common thing where where I where I eat pizza. <laughs> uh, uh, I really like green olives pizza. I don't much care for black olives; they don't taste like enough of anything to me.
0: I like black olives on pizza, but uh, I think green olives. Green, olives. green olives. would be better. Well, I can't eat if you're one of those. Um, um, well, just try some, eat some green olives and imagine the pizza. Yeah, yeah. I do have some garlic stuffed olives in my fridge right
2: now.
0: <laughs> I like green uh, olives, and a lot of people just fucking hate olives, and I. I, I, I oh no! Yeah, big fan. Green are so much better than black. So they, are. Better. they are. They um, are. My favorite, and I don't really eat pizza anymore because I'm like lactose intolerant, and the sauce typically makes me sick. <laughs> my stomach is a mess. Um, I'm a big foodie, but like I gotta be careful with what I eat. Yep. Um, but my favorite was always, and will always be barbecue chicken, which is like mm. ch- chicken, cilantro, red onions, barbecue sauce, and cheese. Mm. Like it's just, it's just so good. Chicken on pizza. Good yeah chicken on yeah. pizza like i never got that when i was a kid uh and then you know as a, a young adult started to <laughs> see more expansions to that before i started developing stomach problems. that's good i like feta on pizza too feta is really oh good yeah pizza. yeah feta Man, feta in general probably... feta on everything feta on pretty stuff. much everything fuck i'm yeah. hungry now. Oh, sorry that's fine i won't tell you
1: what i just made for dinner uh, I'm going to put some uh, some of the turkey we had that my dad made for uh, Christmas. I'll put that into some kimchi noodles. <laughs> ooh, yeah. Hell yeah. Turkey Fuck goes yeah. really well with that for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, kimchi noodles and any kind of protein is a good time. It, it does seem to work out that way somehow. Mm-hmm.
0: Y- even animals they don't have in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turkey goes well with anything where it's a sauce or a broth because yeah. it does... It absorbs so much of that flavor. It does. That's right. Because it's because it's bland as fuck otherwise.
1: Yeah. Well, this was this was really well put together turkey. It's. Really, uh, I'm sure. Really. Uh, I know the word is is now <clears throat> popular as a horrible word, but it's a very moist and very flavorful turkey. So. Also,
0: anyway. guys, moist is a perfectly useful word. For, okay, everyone calm right? down. Right. I work with uh, moist, and he's just lovely. <laughs> we uh we did chinese food because we're jews so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a good well, time I ate, a, I ate way too much chinese food it it's was... very
1: Christmassy though because they do that in the christmas story at the end oh yeah that's right and it's right how dare, how dare they appropriate my culture <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> appropriating <laughs> this is this is the newest piece of jewish culture appropriation that i've heard of is stealing chinese on christmas
0: <laughs> it's so funny when i tell people that there aren't that many Jews where i live um, even though in Southern California there's plenty of us, but there are not, not the area I grew up in, not in any place I've ever lived. And people will always be asking, why did Jews do that? And I'm like, because it's open. And because <laughs> we don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> what uh, also, it's delicious. Like, you're going to say no to orange chicken? Yeah, right. you're, wrong. you're wrong. Oh, man, now I want, like, Kung Pao chicken or some shit. God damn it, Chris. Sorry, sorry. We also have Mongolian beef, which is probably oh, my fuck. favorite thing in the world. Oh,
1: I have some, oh my god, I have some summer sausage from Hickory Farms. God, oh, oh my god, that's so good. That's, I always get it for Christmas. That would go mm. well on pizza. Summer sausage on pizza, fuck.
0: Oh, fuck. yeah. Yeah, that would be really good. Especially better than the sausage they normally put on it, that oily shit. Yeah. Oh, well, like, fucking, you know
1: what, <clears throat> just just to continue this pointlessly forever, like, <laughs> my dad makes sourdough bread, and it's so incredible. Oh, good. yeah, you mentioned that. And he makes sourdough pizza as well, he makes the pizza crust for pizza, so so oh, we don't even have any other kind of pizza anymore, because yeah. there's no point anymore, he right. makes this sourdough stuff, and it's so much better than anything you can get in the store. So the sourdough pizza, and then the green olives, and if we could put that, oh, put
0: that sour got... sausage on there. Mm, all right, we're doing our own version of the Twin Peaks scene at this point. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My friend just mm. told me that they ate a tikka masala pizza and I've never been more jealous in oh, my wow, life. Oh, that sounds but good. I want that and I no can't kidding. have it. I can't eat tikka masala or most Indian food because it's either dairy or tomatoes and it kills me. <laughs> uh, intolerance. Ugh. We just need to get intolerance over the world it solves all the I problems. I know, I know. Alright, uh SCP so, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh so you read this well someone, some, some one one, some has one. has two questions, so why don't you read the first one? Okay. One. And then I'll and then I'll answer. Stop messing with the pattern.
1: Yes, alright, alright. <laughs> How do you ensure that everything you write in a long story doesn't contradict each other?
0: Rereading and revising. <laughs> So you could write a whole show bible if you want, but I find that that takes the endorphins of the actual writing away from you, and then I don't end up writing the thing. If I write, it's why I say when I've said before on the show that I write very loose, very non-detailed outlines if I do one at all. Um, So I don't do that. I instead, and it's more, it's more time-consuming, so it sucks. But. you got to like reread the stuff you did before, especially like, for example, with Pecca of Concries, I wrote it over four years. So, you know, there are even some, some like, uh, some plot holes in there. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. Um, on the and, SCP wiki. I know somebody was like, you know, this part wasn't really addressed later on. It's like, okay, you write a novel on the wiki. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I appreciate Fuck it. Fuck you in real revive. life i'm gonna revise the whole thing and put it in, <laughs> turn it into an ebook so it was it was good for notes right. but um yeah revi rereading and revising that's the secret you need to read over the thing that you wrote last time uh if it's a long form story and you've wrote a chapter last night you probably remember what you wrote but if you wrote it last week your memory is probably not as good as you think it is uh yours is harry but you know, no. but you know, there's
2: My you need to bad. like, right?
0: Well, you gotta like take a look at what you wrote before and be like, okay. And you know, it's really important if you want to make something that has a consistent tone. Um, a series of short stories that doesn't matter as much if it's a long form thing, you gotta make sure everything kind of feels right together. Otherwise, it's just you're gonna get to a chapter or a section and you're gonna be like, well, that part felt weird. Why were we reading that? Right. Um, Especially, you know, if you've left the draft alone for a while. If it's all one piece uh, and you wrote, you know, a thousand words of it, you know, six months ago and you're trying to pick it up, reread that thing before you do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Outlines can help a lot. But like I said, I always try to keep them very loose um, at what I mean by that is I maybe throw out. You know, a one or two sentence thing about a scene I would like to write or a conversation, but I don't write all the details of it because then it, that just becomes the thing. Um, but yeah, reread the old stuff.
1: Yeah the uh, the answers I have listed to this question and also the question that comes after that you're going to read are one I don't and two I don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the how do you make sure it doesn't contradict each other? The The long version of I don't is people are lately telling me, like, this doesn't seem to fit, and I go, fuck, and I go and fix something. Uh, But the the answer (laughs) when I do successfully do this, and I used to be very good at this, and I've gotten worse and worse as my brain has molded and melted into a puddle in my skull, is I uh, rewrote stuff from scratch after having written it once. You write the whole thing, and then you rewrite it again with (laughs) the old one in front of you, and just fix anything that comes up that's wrong. (laughs) Uh, But the, the answer Gregori gave is really the only good answer, which is read it again and make sure you didn't fuck it up. Although at, my, at, the, at this point, I feel like I need a F- on-guard 43 wiki to keep track of who the fuck is doing what at what time, and who yeah. the fuck is doing who at what time. And just yeah. the, the amount of shit that I've gotten, characters that I've gotten, and times that I've covered. It's just a nightmare. Uh, but... It's worth it, because making a long-form story where things are interconnected and all that is some of the most rewarding stuff you can do with this kind of thing. So, Yeah, and it's, it's really fun time.
0: to read, because I just read Wrong Tomorrow, oh, uh, all 825 pages of it, or whatever it
1: was. <laughs> it's almost 300,000 words long.
0: Uh, and it doesn't... it You know, because each chapter does a pretty good job of being not self-contained, but like... a, I could tell... That the rewriting on the wiki has really had an effect on you because each chapter kind of felt like almost a short story that interconnected with the other short stories. They are, yeah. Um, but yeah, you did a you did a you did a real good job there. Uh, people need to go and read that either on the wiki or go. Hey, I don't know, send some money to Harry Blank uh, by buying it.
1: Yeah, uh, I still need to do the ebook of, of yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I got we, sick of waiting. I'm so, I'm so fucking stupid. I. Uh, it, it's because. I got to the point where this this, this series, the central date of the series is the 8th of September 2002, so both books came out on se- September the 8th of sequential years, and I really had to make that deadline, because I realized that I could, even though I had been slacking off all year, I realized you can make it if you power through August, you absolutely can, and you absolutely should, because you have OCD, and you really want to put this out on September the 8th. So I did but the only way I could do that was by not coloring the illustrations as I was publishing the book and to not have them colored meant I couldn't do the ebook which has color illustrations the print book has black and white and then while I was posting to the wiki every time I would post a new chapter every couple days I had to colorize all the un yet not yet colorized images and that took forever but now that that's done I can actually do the ebook I just haven't and the funny thing is like as Gregory says if you want to throw me some money uh, don't do that by buying what wrong tomorrow I would get three cents for every purchase of wrong tomorrow because it's so fucking it's so fucking big (laughs) that Amazon won't let me make a profit on it unless I charge so much money for it that I would feel like I'm gouging my friends uh Bury the Survivors. I get like a dollar or two. I think it's not not as terrible. But Wrong Tomorrow, I believe I get actually three cents. But you'll but get more with the ebook. The though. ebook version is mostly profit by by yeah. comparison. But the thing about the hard copies is that just having them is great. So like, don't think if if you want that and don't 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 think that I'll be like, oh, you're not actually giving me money. Like, no, I the idea that people have those in their houses and they send me photos of them. And I'm always just super pleased to see it. Buy, I, both. That's my book. Buy both. Buy <laughs> both. Yeah. Uh, well read one first and decide if you want it. Um, but, but it's just, they're so fucking big. They're so big.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was, I often will read in the evenings, uh, and the sun goes down so early these days because it's winter, um, mm. that I'd be sitting on my front porch reading uh where the light is because um, yeah i tend to smoke when i'm reading sorry anyway uh i know um it just was this big fat anytime a, a, you know my when my girlfriend came over or like a roommate came in and they're just like that book is insane and i'm like i know i know who wrote it <laughs> it's
1: big. it wasn't supposed to be that big
0: <laughs> it's nuts yeah
1: uh okay out of control. uh uh, so, yeah, question two. Question two. Oh, wait, no. How... Did, you,
0: did, did you... Yeah, you answered first, right. So yeah, this is your first. turn. Yeah. How well, do you find the motivation to write, to get behind the computer, per se?
1: I don't. Uh, yeah, so... Um... Yes, you do. Not having had it done yet is the only motivation I have. Like, I, I, I sit here and I love writing this stuff and that's fairly obvious because I've not written more words than anyone in the history of the SCP Wiki <laughs> on the SCP Wiki. And But, like, I love doing it but I have unbelievable amounts of executive dysfunction. Like, I, because I love doing it I just can't do it half the time. Sure. Um, I just happen to have a lot of free time because of the nature of what I do. Um, I'm presently making money just writing for AFRA, writing for SCP-5K and other projects that they're doing. and um,
0: Using that PhD well.
1: Using my PhD well. <laughs> I, I, I am presently helping somebody with their citations for their dissertation and getting, nice. getting, paid, getting paid for that. So I'm doing at least a little bit of... But I need to publish my dissertation and everything. But uh, it's eventually just knuckles down It's just a thing where you just got to start doing it. And it doesn't matter if you're not into it. Just start hitting the keys. Or just start scribbling on the paper. Start tapping or swiping on your phone or your tablet or whatever the hell you do. Talk into a fucking microphone if you have to. Use a a voice-to-text thing to take voice notes. Do anything but just start doing it. And that's always the thing for me because, I mean... I had written hardly anything in the last little while. I was doing lots of work, but I hadn't written anything for the wiki in, in a little while. And uh, for this Christmas, I wrote about 31,000 words of stuff because <laughs> I had to do a, a short Christmas tale because I always have a Christmas tale. But I had to do pinch hits for the art exchange and I had to do my main gift for the art exchange. And I had to give a few things to the, the people who did the art exchange because I wanted them to feel good because some of them have been going through some hard times. And I just sat down and I went, I ha- it has to be done by Christmas so it was (laughs) so set yourself a time set yourself a deadline maybe for getting something done and then just sit there and even if it's coming out crap don't worry about it go back and fix it later just start start force yourself to start and if it doesn't feel right if you don't feel like you're in the mood doesn't matter just go anyway you can come back later
0: here's a big fat secret you'll never be in the mood that's right i love writing for the wiki i haven't done nearly as much as harry but i've got 90 pages on the wiki almost none of those almost none of those did i feel like being there until i was in it and And then i I, I, I can't do anything else Uh, and it makes me crazy because now i I work in you know nine to five, and it'll be like oh it's like close to midnight i'm in the middle of writing something i need to go to sleep because i need to be up in the morning and i need to be (laughs) somewhat fresh uh I you know, to do what I do. And, um, it's addictive you know, then... in the middle, but it's so hard at the beginning. hmm. hmm. Yeah. So the way that I have done it is I have gotten to the point where I time my sense of, uh, not self-worth, but like, <laughs> um, I'm not really sure what the right word is. I don't feel good unless I have written something recently. Yeah. Um, And if enough time passes without me writing something, I feel bad. So what I've started doing is making a habit several days of the week, typically on weeknights. Um, I will sit down in front of my computer instead of turning on the video game, instead of turning on YouTube, instead of watching a movie, I will just sit in front of the computer and type away. Um, And it is now part of my weekly schedule. And when I don't do it, I feel bad, like I'm letting someone down when that only person is me. (laughs) So I like to feel creatively productive. If I don't feel creatively productive, I feel bad. Uh, And I have tied my mental health, uh, I don't know how this happened, but it, it did happen to being productive for things that I give a shit about, so that motivates me to get things done. Uh, sometimes I set deadlines for myself, but I don't typically do that that much. They, it is very effective, but I don't want to be thinking about a deadline because then sometimes I wait until it's a little not too late because I always get them done by a deadline. But I can push it off and 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 make myself more stressed out. So instead, sit down. You know, a couple of nights a week and just write. Right. Brainstorm, if you have to. Write those fucking notes down. But then, you know, don't just worry about notes, okay? Don't get lost in world building. Don't get lost in plans. Do something. Um, because the more I finish, the better I feel. And, uh, you know, now, and for the last year and a half or so, except for those couple of months of unemployment, you know, I'm working all the time, so it's hard to get, but I used to do, like, you know, an article every couple of weeks uh, at the minimum, and uh, yeah, that feels good. So right. focus that, and, and the SCP Wiki is a great place to do it because you can do it relatively short form and uh, and get it out and get feedback, and then move on to the next one instead of working for you know six months on a novel and then getting feedback on that. So. Use the SCP wiki if that's what you want to do. Use, you know, your blog. Use, you know, I don't know what some of the other available fanfic type things are out there because I don't bother with them. But use them as a place to, like, get that fix and formulate, you know, a series of patterns. Because this is just like working out. You never feel good before you work out. You feel good good during and after. So even if it's painful, sit down. And you know, if you are like losing your mind and you've been staring at the computer for too long, go take a walk. Bring your phone right on the phone. I do that all right. the time. And I get Absolutely I've written I've written whole fucking articles on the phone. Not directly into the wiki because wiki dot is the worst. But you know, I mean and, and you just internalize some of the simple CSS you're gonna need to use and you just start going and then I email right. it to myself and I copy paste it. So yeah, that's all I do. Um, all right. That's good. What? You read the last one? No, I read the last one. So you read this next one from Aculio? Ak- Aculio? Uh,
1: where am I? Aculio. Yeah. Favorite author pages on the SCP wiki. This is the part where you answer, Gregory. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, obviously, I love Harry's. Uh, okay. <laughs> my author page I was just talking about that today. it's
1: it hasn't been updated properly since May of 2021. Oh oh what I haven't What'd been you... putting my SCP stuff up there but I've been I've been, <laughs> putting the, I've, I've been updating the containment class uh, tally that shows how right. many classes I've used but I I haven't uh, been putting up my little reviews of my SCPs this whole time. <laughs> That's funny. I need to start doing that. Wow. How many
0: things how many things have you written since May twenty twenty one? Jesus, that was like two a, and a half years ago.
1: Probably more than a hundred pages, yeah. <laughs> oh
0: Jesus. Um two books. But uh yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh I would also say visually, yeah. uh uh Iko, sorry, sorry. Oh, Ico's Aiko. yeah. author page is incredible to look at. And Pepper's ghosts. Out their page. <laughs> Pepper's Ghost,
1: other page is great.
0: Yeah. Um so those are just vibrant as fuck.
1: Uh, I don't know if we talked about this or not before, but uh were you on? I can't remember whether you were on or not when Pepper's Ghost first started posting the css yes. stuff when he was yeah, yeah it yeah. was so fucking funny he I started know. posting what looked to everyone like tons of blank pages and we yeah. couldn't tell what the fuck he was doing and it's so impossible to get contact with pepper sometimes And he's just posting pages with nothing on them that are fragments and they're extra things and components and they went and we're like fuck is he doing what the fuck is he doing everybody was losing their mind it filled the whole latest pages thing yeah, like, what sure is, is this and they're downvoting it and shit and then he like finishes full them together into his author page with these cool like trading card like things for each article and we all went
0: oh that's really cool <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's visually stunning. oh and also disadron's author page is also fucking incredible for similar reasons
1: nice uh i think pedagons is going to be as well it's already pretty cool but uh i believe he got for art exchange he got new css for his author page which is very nice that's very cool uh i would name two of them one just be they're both actually contrarian kind of answers but that's that's fun one for being consistently one of the most visually arresting as in it causes seizures uh Rounder House's Rounder page, which is just designed to be obnoxious as hell. <laughs> it's just it's just an assault on the senses. Although right now, it looks like there's some weird shit going on with the CSS and half the page. It's on the left-hand... Almost the whole page is on the left-hand side of the screen, so I don't know what's going on there. Um, probably Wikidot. Um, he's got, like, gyrating pistons inside of his sidebar and all kinds of horrible shit, and it's, it's entertaining. Um, but the one that always just... I remember is Crockett's downvote page. It's the <laughs> author page of Crockett Lawn Chair, who is an author who has, and I will read this from Crom, a total of five pages, four RCPs, zero tails, zero GOI formats, one others, that would be the author page, with a total rating of plus six and an average rating of plus one. Because Crockett Lawn Chair's downvote vote page their author page is a page that asks you to downvote it and its current rating is negative 520 and author pages run on a different deletion schedule you don't get deleted unless you don't fit the criteria to be an author so he he, i I, I, I don't actually know if it's uh, he or not this author has been gone for ages uh years last page they posted was four years ago um but they basically set up their author page as downvote my author page please so everybody who goes there except for the very contrarians funny. pretty much do so it's at negative 520 it completely tanked their rating it completely tanked their average and it's really <laughs> funny because their latest page is 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 uh a, a, i think it's a slash j double oh one proposal and it's at plus 241 right. their total average is plus one because of this page, just <laughs> dragging it right into the mud, which is a really good way to get out of the whole rating game. Honestly, I guess so. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, it's not right. a very great author page, other than that. But it's, <coughs> it's fucking funny, other so. It's it's funny. Yeah, I'll always take a shit post over a serious effort. Uh, so
0: let's see. Uh, all right, uh, Elf, Elf Lawyers. Who read that uh, one? I did. It's your wait. I guess I. I I think this is your first lesson. Okay. So Elf Lawyer asks, what canons, GOIs, or concepts? <laughs> this is great content. Just co-
1: every question we get. I know. Last
0: <laughs> I know. What canons, GOIs, or co- groups of interests or concepts do you want to expand Twice. more on but don't have the right story or idea yet?
1: Wow. They called us moron right in the email. That is just super rude. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'm the first moron. Uh, All of them, basically. Uh, I I don't write enough in other canons, (laughs) famously. (laughs) Um, And I have always tried to use the GOIs as much as I can. I wrote a whole book, essentially the unpublished, but on the wiki published first book, the Time After Time Password, was just using as many group of interests as I can. And I want to get them all involved in some sense because I like the idea of my Universe being holistic and using all of the different toys that everybody's put into the toy box over the years I enjoy piling all that stuff on there, so I kind of feel like using everything that I haven't used already um, So in in terms of is there anything that I haven't done anything with that I really want to do Nothing really stands out just kind of most stuff. I haven't played with I kind of want to
0: at some point That's a um,
1: shitty answer
0: No, that's a good answer. Uh, My answer is more specific because there are lots of GOIs that, A, I don't care about. And lots of them that I Mm -hmm. like. I like a lot, but I don't want to write for. Um... (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be a broken record and say that not not Ralston. Yeah. gonna be a broken record and say the deva um i think there's a crazy weird article in me about them but i haven't quite cracked it yet um and i don't want to just do what other people have done um i obviously use the deva a lot in my series and i did the deva uh hub and so i was that was very lore focused but i i definitely want to do like a creepy weird like but also like kind of out of left field Daveite article. And I haven't quite figured out what I want to do with it. Also, uh, as I said, I think the last time we did a question and answers, uh, I have dedicated 2024, no, not the whole year, but like I am doing a Three Moons article. I'm going to figure out how to do a Three Moons initiative. I'm going to have Dave fucking review it. (laughs) I am going to do this fucking G.O.I. proud. And not just as a joke. because awesome. I've done it twice as a punchline, and I like both of those things very much, but I want to do something there, totally Victoria? original lost about Corbenic. 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 Cor- Cor-
1: Cor- 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 I lost you there for a second. You just, like, stopped, and then there was a little stretch. It was spooky. I thought you'd, like, been taken away to an alternate Earth.
0: To Corbenic. I got taken away to Corbenic.
1: You got taken away to Corbenic. They took you. Uh luckily right. uh we're recording luckily, you can often. you can call by the phone right because you've got the
0: the app in that's your brain that's yeah. right yeah yeah inside references yay um all right uh umc griffin i think you're reading this one yep
1: all right i can do that as two authors who have many many original characters on the wiki which character that you have created do you like writing the most
0: uh so i got two answers for this uh i like lucretia lucretia popescue from resurrection new faces and his will be done um Ooh, she's done. just so much fucking fun to write she's she always in every story she's in she is reserved the best lines yep. um i'm constantly and have been like for 20 years joking with myself in a bad russian accent I used to make my my friends laugh by doing a bad Russian accent and say things like, if not broke, why fix? (laughs) Um, And uh, I don't do her quite that ridiculous, but she comes out very, you know, very much. And it's just kind of me poking through and she kind of, as much as she's capable of great violence, she's also just constantly being snarky, but in this very ESL sort of way. And I love her so much. I know she's a trope and I don't give a shit. Also, um, she's a buff, sarkic lesbian who can tell an immortal to their face to kick rocks. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. I love her. She's the best. Um, and yeah, come read the latest tale with her, which is Oryk in the Orchard, which is yeah. in the Vanguard. Uh it's, It stars her and Clef and Varys and Oryk the Clavigar, uh... And it's it's very violent and gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was originally even bloodier. Because That's it right. kept saying the Bloody God. The word over blood. Over <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: it's, it's, it's so in, in Vanguard, I have been doing this series about the Sarkics trying to, like, kind of gather together and kind of change the way the world looks at them. And one of those things that they have to deal with is all the fucked up things people have written over the years about Sarkics. So each of the articles has been them tackling one of the kind of famous Sarkic articles. Uh, on the SCP wiki, and this one was the Bone Orchard by Hammer Maiden, which is this otherworldly place in a olive orchard in a... Sarajevo? Is Isub... No, it's in.
1: It's um... Serbia. It's in the Middle East. Damn it! Gotta anyway, get it right because this is gonna last forever,
0: and people are. Gonna I know. Oh well. It. I even wrote the article, and I don't know what the hell it's. Anyway, <laughs> but the point is, it's a. Um, it's like this otherworldly space where the trees are made of bones and the ground is blood. Yeah, that's and... definitely Sarajevo. No, it's not. It's not Sarajevo. It's in the Middle East, I know. But anyway, uh, and uh, it, you know, yeah, there was a lot of blood. So there was literally like, <laughs> "Hey, hey, Gregory, stop!" You said blood here. You said blood here. You said blood here. Stop it! Stop- are you, you serious right now?
1: It was. It was specifically the blood-soaked ground. I'm starting to like. Just call me Homer. Starting or... to become Homeric. I said to you. He's like just repeating sea. this this phrase like it was the wine dark sea, the blood. Of the uh, blood uh, and ground. also, uh, wait, did I lose you? Are I'm you starting down? to think there's a lot of blood oh. in this ground. It's oh, a really good tale. Everybody should
0: read it. Oh god, I hope I didn't hear any of that. So hopefully that you got that. I did get that. Okay, great. Get um, team. I was complimenting uh, my... your tale. Oh, it's sweet. Um, so. Mari McPherson is my other answer. And she's just so much fun. She's the only recurring... Well, basically the only recurring character in Vikander Need Stuff because she is the vice president of public relations. So she's the one that'll send emails to the SCP Foundation or take customer complaints when they're Dotto or um, any number of things. And she is... The way I imagine her is... The Platonic ideal of misanthropy, buried hmm. underneath several layers of um, public relations and corporate doublespeak. Right. <laughs> so she hates everyone and everything, but she can never reveal that fact because she's got to constantly speak in a way that will not get her sued. <laughs> That's a good um, description. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it peeks out from here to there, but she's always got a smile on her face, and she's you know she also has no eyes. She's got bandages around her face, and she's constantly bleeding, but um, she's just hilarious to write, and it's very fun to make her the mouthpiece of victim. I always said there would be no entertainment, uh, but Mary McPherson has kind of become that in some ways. She's not because you don't need to use her at all for this G O I, but I like using her a lot, especially when she takes over Twitter. I mean, Viber. Excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are my answers.
1: For me, it's probably this is I was trying to give a non non expected answer, but I can't really. It's usually Lillian Lillyhammer is my favorite one to write because it comes like instantaneously. It's so easy. She just, just just contrarian, um, smart ass doesn't care what you're talking about and is smarter than you. And that's that's a lot of fun to write. Uh, yeah, I never, I never have trouble writing Lily and Lily Hammer, uh f- for uh, f- for for better or for worse, um, for sure, it, and probably Doctor Weddle as well, just because pathetic idiot is also just a, a mode I can seamlessly shift into for some strange reason. <laughs> those are pro- those are probably the two that I enjoy writing the most. I'm Which surprised, because they're say... my
0: famous most famous characters. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say Dr. Dan.
1: Oh, I love writing Dr. Doc- okay, you know what? Actually, Dr. Dan is in that triumvirate as well. Dr. Dan, the uh, the magnificent bastard, and and my pale knockoff of my... Dr. Dan is in a... I have a character called Dr. Sokolsky, who is basically um, my first pass at what I ended up making Dr. Dan be like, uh, who is also very fun. The magnificent bastard character is is just... Terrific, Mm -hmm. the character who has got the scheme in place, and the scheme has layers, and and the person making the scheme has layers. Dr. Dan has uh, got a deep backstory thanks to where he came from uh, on the wiki, created by Dr. Dan. (laughs) I've completely stolen him, so he's my character now, so I'm I'm quite
0: fond of him. Shit. Because you've been so generous as to let me play with that character as well, we've both written more stuff than Dr. Dan ever did with that character.
1: <laughs> it's true. We, we've, we've completely supplanted Dr. Dan for interpreting Dr. Dan, the character.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite Vanguard stories that I've written was Dr. Dan goes to Washington. Goes to Washington, yeah. He doesn't actually go to Washington. Spoiler. He goes to make a speech in front of the UN. Um, but all we ever hear is him answering questions and being just, just sick of their shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's the most fun because it was like, let's take the mad bastard the one who's smarter than everybody and likes to tell you and make him try to do PR. And I was just, well, that that story is something I'm writing. Who would go in front of the, the UN? Well, it shouldn't be Dr. Dan, so it should be Dr. It Dan. It's got to be Dr. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, because, you know, Moose would have been a better choice, but, like, that would be boring. That wouldn't be a fun story to read at all, just be a speech.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, no, Dan's right. lots of fun. I'm glad we acquired oh, him.
0: So good so much fun also i really like writing the specter
1: oh the Spectre's fun
0: yeah but not my character not our character but we've written yeah. a lot oh, yeah, more the Spectre.
1: Was original was, a, was, was original characters man that's Come true on. that's true <laughs> uh so only dr dan because dr dan is mine is now my original character i have erased dr dan <laughs> <That's right. laughs> i've stolen him from himself all right this is this Next. is a joke i did not create dr dan for legal purposes carry on uh, CC he's got he, he, well. he's
0: got he's got the best part of SCP-7000 in my opinion <laughs> I, mean, the, not, I mean not the I mean there's lots of great parts of SCP-7000 but I was his getting part... really offended I'm glad you clarified <laughs> well deal with it no I wasn't <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no you yeah, have what the ending with Dr. Dan is just pretty fun it just, just brings it all up. together so fucking well I had a lot of fun. He's such a good character for that. He's such a good character to be like, I want to bring this home in a way that can explain everything, but I also want to do it in this like heartfelt way that's also kind of funny and, and too smart for your own good. He's just this everything character in so many ways, and he's just, he's, he's so much fun to use.
1: I'd like to thank the contests team for creating a theme that was precisely tailored to allowing me to win with the tools at my disposal. Anyway, carrying <laughs> on. <laughs> and
0: Ip, thank Ip.
1: Yes, oh, fuck, and Ip for, for so much inspiration with the lamest story never told. just terrific. Which, people,
0: go read that fucking article. Great tale. I know he deleted his account and he doesn't get the ratings anymore, but that's a great fucking goddamn thing read yeah, it.
1: it is it's terrific and when he inevitably makes it an account again he'll get reattributed but uh and then uh uncle nicolini wrote me a um oh, they, wrote, they yeah. wrote me a uh, uh art exchange prelude to Seven Thousand that i'm very pleased by as well so
0: yeah i uh, that'll I be going that. up on the wiki I, soon. I, I crit that and my crit was like two sentences to suggest and the rest of it was this is great <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not more help Looks
1: great i'm really looking forward to seeing it. i was really pleased to get it Nico is an absolute
0: gem uh yeah we'll almost certainly talk about that one next week uh yeah. and i, I want to talk about Billis' thing which i'm not going to spoil but i crit that one and most of my crit was i really like this this is funny i love it <laughs> that's uh, crazy yeah this is Billis doing victim oh god and it is it's so fucking good. <laughs> I'm, i I. want. I need the people to make this. It's so fucking good. Ugh. It's. Uh, it makes me so happy. I'm not gonna say anything else because I don't know right. it. Um, all right. Next question from Fern. Am I reading this or are you? I'm reading. This. <laughs> Okay, uh, considering you both are highly skilled authors, mm, debatable. Which would would you which would you recommend a new author try when contributing to the SCP Wiki? SCP or Tales? Obviously, use the Crit forums for both.
1: I would say you should do SCPs first because the standards are higher for posting an SCP than posting a tale, and this will require you to actually do the work to make sure that you are doing your best and getting crit. You write a tale there is a chance that if you are at least competent it'll survive even if it kind of sucks or you could have done better so starting with an scp learning the format learning the rules learning how to write within limitations and learning how to get crit on stuff that people are more eager to crit and that requires crit to uh, to get it to succeed is i think a better place to start that's what i would personally say
0: um i my answer is i think it depends on what story you write. would have uh, yeah, you know, force don't, you have, don't force a, it. Yeah, yeah, good point. You know. Uh, you know, if you I don't give a shit about I mean, I, I wish more people read tales as somebody who's written more than forty of them, and you know obviously know this as well. That doesn't matter how popular SCPs get, tales really don't get as many reads. Yep. You know, I have one, two tales that's over a hundred. You know, like mostly they 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 kind of sit around the thirties, forties, fifties at best. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, my girlfriend reads a lot of stuff on the SCP wiki, not because I forced her to, but she's gotten really into it. And she is always saying how much she prefers the prose entails. And a lot of people that oh, yeah. haven't read SCPs for years uh, find them less intimidating. So, I mean, I, I think it all depends on who your audience is and who you want them to be and what you want to say. I don't think any of that shit matters because that's all philosophical stuff you can think about later. What matters is what do you want to talk about? Does For what sure. you want to talk about fit an SCP? Can you make it fit an SCP? Do it. SCPs are fun. Um, and the the constraints of the creation uh, in SCPs, because we have to do clinical language and there's certain expectations of it, although those have gotten looser over the years, um, means that you are forced to write you know, in a certain way, which is a, a, a good exercise. But mostly, I think SCPs are useful because... You start with a core idea, and then you just kind of go nuts with it. If you want to do it well, your article should not be about whatever your core anomaly is. Uh, It it should be, but it also should be an excuse to go and do something interesting. But if you want to tell a slice of life story, tales are fucking great. Uh So, you know, don't worry about having a cool idea. Don't worry about ticking a box. Worry about something you give a shit enough to write and that you want other people to read. That's a good answer. Not just because you want to be an author but because you really want this thing that you've made and you want to share it with people um, as much as I love getting a high rating on things it matters more to me when people actually have feedback and you know talk to me about the thing that they've read that I've you know and that's why I started doing it because I wanted to share you know because I can pass along my writing stuff to friends and family and maybe they'll read it probably they won't but having a community that actually bothers to read to some extent (laughs) is good so utilize that you know ruminate on the idea think about how you could be explored and then expand outwards if that's a tale great if it's you know and it could be a tale about something popular it could be a tale about something random who gives a shit Uh, there's a lot of fucking cool prose on the website
1: I agree that's a better answer than mine it's good
0: Okay, uh we read this next question from Sum Sum one. one again. Sum one. Sum one.
1: Hi, this time this question is specifically for Grigory Carpin. Luckily we happen to have Grigory Carpen here with us today. Where, can, where? Can, uh, My my guest today is Grigory Carpin. <laughs> Hello. Can you talk can you talk about your research and how you have done it on five nine two three? if you remember it. This is uh, the place I belong, right? Yep. If you remember it. Have you ever visited the village? This is the village of Kayakoy, however that's pronounced. And how would someone go about writing about a culture and or a place that they don't have a lot of
0: experience with? So interestingly enough, I live in Southern California. I have not traveled that many places in the world. I've been to Mexico, I've been to Israel and Paris, and I've been all over the US. But I felt like there was already too many things in the US. Yes, so I have spent almost my entire time on the SCP Wiki writing things that are not in the US. Although I have done a few. It's true. And Vikander Need is kind of about the US, but it's not really because it doesn't really matter where it is. Um, so this became very old hat to me very quickly. I would go and I. I'm trying to tell a story about a certain thing and it's loose. It's kind of a, uh, you know, a newborn idea. And I would start looking, you know, sometimes on Wikipedia, sometimes on travel websites. And I would start looking for a location. I've done a lot of spooky locations as opposed to humanoids. Um, and this one, you know, which I'll talk about later on, because there's another question that kind of goes into it. Um, this one, I was going for something very specific. So I wanted to find an abandoned place, but a place that used to have people, not just uh, ruins of a temple um, that looked cool. I wanted someplace that felt real. So I thought about finding something that was real um, and not just making up a fictional city. Uh, and then I found... A, I, I don't know how I tripped up on Karakoi. but... Um, I think it was almost certainly on a travel blog. uh, And I started reading up on it. I read the Wikipedia. I read one historical paper on it. I read several Turkish uh, travel blogs, which translate through Google were rough, but, you know, uh, and, you know, I wanted to write something that was about loneliness and the desire to interact with people. So it felt like the perfect thing. So, yeah, I, I, I looked at, and I looked at, hundreds of images of the village uh, Hmm. even though i only use one Hmm. uh, because i wanted to just it was very important this was a city that is alive but also the ghost of a city that was alive so i needed to get a sense of place i needed to have (sighs) a feeling that i was there and that if you were reading the article that you would feel like you were there so when you read the article, there are parts of it where people are in a dream version of the town, uh, and I wrote those. I, I have two, you know, I have a side monitor and my main monitor, and my laptop, and I wrote those with the side monitor, which is bigger, with like ten different images of the town up, um, just so I could look at it as I wrote. So after I had researched the history of it and kind of thought about how I wanted to write it, it was mostly me just looking at images of it to try and recreate that feeling of walking down those abandoned streets but in written form that is so
1: gratifying to hear the the words a sense of place like as a architectural historian i do a lot of stuff on specifically that that's the actual like academic term for a sense of place and it's super cool to hear about that i mean your uh, your archaeology interest yeah. obviously shines through there very clearly yeah.
0: i mean most archaeological work is done on graves and trash but <laughs> the things that we all care about are the structures that have survived or the temples or whatever um and that's what sucked me in right from the beginning of watching indiana jones when i was a kid so <laughs> and yep That's why I studied archaeology, and yep, Daredevil's why I went to law school. I don't know what's wrong with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, you really want to moonlight with violence.
0: I mean, it would feel great. I don't want to be Catholic, but otherwise, I'm on board.
1: He's out to beat up gangsters and face melt the Nazis.
0: And then defend people to the, you know, they're wrongly accused
1: or whatever. And and lecture on barrows at university. (laughs)
0: yeah and then you know instead of uh interrogating witnesses not interrogating but like getting witness testimony on the stand he'll just make a speech because because the people that write daredevil both the show and the comics just want to make this man write a speech (laughs) hey uh objection uh the uh defense counsel is making a speech your honor uh sustained (laughs) shut the fuck up You're supposed to be asking questions. It's
1: not a soapbox.
0: Uh, you get to do that at the end in closing. Shut up. <laughs> Alright. Uh, I'll read this next one from Assume One. Uh, for both of you, what are y'all's favorite fictional foods?
1: Oh, it's down here. Okay. You're you're interpolating this one. I, I, I have them listed in the wrong order. Okay, cool. Uh, I have never eaten any fictional foods. <laughs> That's... Accurate.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the first answer that came to my mind. It's far and away the best one. My answer, the first thing that came to my mind was ranch dressing because I refuse to think it's real. <laughs> it's a nightmare and it's disgusting. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't really have a great answer for yeah, this. Like uh, I fictional really foods. This. I, I don't. This is a this is sort of a joke, but I'm also like would be curious to see what it tastes like. The, the spice melange. Of
1: course, of
0: course. Of course. I mean, that's... I just can't think of a book about fictional food. Like, it's... I, I definitely don't want to eat anything they eat in Warhammer 40K, because that's all, like, mass-produced, like... Also, they make corpse starch out of it? Fucking 40K is bleak. You think? Oh, grim- I think... Uh, it's grimdark. dark bleak and unpleasant,
1: I could... I, it's always almost described as a nearly religiously unpleasant... Experience. I might want to try one of the sausages from uh, Ankh Morpork from Cut My Own Throat Dibbler in the Terry Pratchett Discworld books. They're apparently just sausage in a bun. They're apparently just absolutely horrific in a transcendent way. So I might want to try one of those just to
0: just to experience it. A horrific sausage. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, it's basically an extended like dozens dozens of books jokes about about the uncertain provenance of the meat in a street vendor's. Sausage and a bun. There's my answer. Yeah, I, I actually would. I would, could really go for a sausage and a bun. Damn it. This is really painful. What's with you
0: fucking people and your fucking food questions? <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I think that's the last one. All right, so. Does the black moon howl?
1: Only for those with an unwavering desire to hear the truth. Access granted. You have been selected for an opportunity, an orientation, as a trusted associate, if you will, into the secured, contained, and protected files of the foundation. SCP-Unredacted
0: distributes new files for review Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on secure channels on YouTube, Spotify, and scp-unredacted.captivate.fm. Hey there, fans of Simply Creative People. We're still mostly unsponsored so any financial help you can give us through harry's or my ko-fi helps keep the show run if you can't support us financially just try to spread the word about the show we've grown in the last year of production but i think there's still a wide audience of scp fans out there who would get a lot from our podcast finally in every episode we leave a link in the description to my author page and to harry's along with our guests consider clicking through and checking out our work we've both been so pleased to see the growth of the show and hope you'll consider reading some of our stories on the wiki Thanks so much for all the support during this first startup year of the show. Here's to five more years of episodes. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I got cashews. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Best show ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I read totally the Totally threw last him ones. off his game. So this one's one from Chimera. Uh, it starts with, did y'all?
1: <laughs> it starts with, did y'all? Okay. Um, Where is it? Oh, okay, here it is. Okay. Did y'all, <laughs> before this podcast even began, ever think you would be where you are today? No. Uh, the, but the question continues. In terms of maybe where you are in life and or with the podcast itself. I can see how the first one may be too personal, so it is advised at your own discretion. No, I am absolutely flabbergasted every day.
0: You can't stay with this pattern for the life of you. What? <laughs> if you read the question, I answer! Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: I mean, this that was just my temporary answer until it's my real turn. Right. So your turn. Of course. Your turn. Go on.
0: I mean, same. No, not a bit. I mean... I did this because I've always wanted to do a podcast about SCP, um, and luckily Harry wanted to come on board. I never thought people would want to. Yeah, that's right. I never thought people would want to listen to us ramble. I know, the right? The idea that there are hundreds of hundreds of people with every episode that listen to us talk about this stuff is great. And I mean, it's it's constantly humbling and and touching, but it's also like a little surreal. Like, <laughs> what? You're, that's not real. Um, same thing with the writing. I, I, (laughs) same thing with the writing though. Um, I always wanted to share my stuff and it has been a little bit surreal that people actually want to read it. Uh, you know, you know, not that I'm like number one popularity or anything, but enough people read everything I post and it, that's, that's an incredible feeling. It is. So um, This podcast has worked out way better than I would have imagined, honestly. Um, Thank God you wanted to join up. It's been great. um, The amount of people that have joined the community and actually, you know, joined the community as in going on the wiki and writing or voting or, you know, becoming staff or whatever that started off just as fans before they became fans of the show before they became actual members of the community is crazy. And the amount of people that have told us, you know, that, hey, I listened to that show and then I made an account. It's like dozens and dozens of people have told me that. Which Nobody is ever told this at all? Well, you know. Sucks. You, you, you just sort of sit tell me first next and time. Grum, grumble. For fuck's sake, tell me,
1: you fucking selfish <laughs> they're too, they're
0: too. They're too busy telling you something you got wrong in your <laughs> they're story. They're
1: too busy telling me about the typos I've been making lately because my eyes aren't as good uh, every as time,
0: to every time I, Every time I see someone ping you to give you a typo, I, I always want to be like, damn, dude, like, <clears throat> You want to start off, like, like just out of the blue, like, Hey, Blake, you did this wrong! It's because they know that I, I mean, have
1: to fix the, the Amazon version of the book, so I need to know when they fix a typo. But lately, they're <laughs> no, just letting me know on things that are only on the wiki. It's like, I don't just fucking fix it. I don't need to know that. But then people will fix my articles, and I'll go, That wasn't a typo, and I'll get mad at them, because I want to have it both ways. That's wasn't right. this supposed to be you a should. question that That's, was like designed for us to talk about how grateful we are for everything? <laughs>
0: I don't think it, I don't know.
1: Maybe <laughs> I am super grateful. I am super pleased that I can spend my free time and my paid time working on stuff with this community and and just getting engaged with it and, and contributing to it and seeing other people contribute to it and it's I've met so many very good friends of mine and it just means a lot to me and no it would it didn't even begin to occur to me that my uh, time wasting COVID five seconds of, of, of thinking maybe I could do this maybe I could have some fun and have an article on this website uh, and that never would have occurred to me that it would go this far the, the podcast though obviously, yeah. I knew that was gonna I knew that was gonna set the
0: entire world on fire <laughs> that's right 300 people at a time Yep. Um, yeah it's it's just it, honestly everybody that's listening and if you've listened to other episodes read any of our stuff just to be sincere for a second thank you yeah big time just thank you genuinely thank you for listening it, you know it's it's one thing if we had 20,000 50,000 100,000 listeners or whatever yeah, but that that would also be great but it's it's just so fantastic that you know we have this core audience and that people actually give a shit because it's this is so much fun doing the podcast and writing uh, and and getting people to talk about our stuff is, it's phenomenal it's, it's please amazing. tell a thousand of yeah. your friends each yeah yeah please spread the word um all right uh, do you guys do you guys like did...
1: hearing coke cans open we've got a podcast that you just fucking love
0: <laughs> it's got a podcast for you uh all right next question from chimera uh why did you wish to begin doing your podcast
1: yeah harry why did you uh, want to why this did podcast? i want to create this <laughs> podcast well, there was a lot going through my mind on the day that I approached Grigory and I suggested <laughs> that we might start an SCP <laughs> podcast. Uh, but the main thing that I was thinking about was, um, you know, I can't remember for some reason the tapes have been lost. Uh, nope. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, Grigory, what's your answer to this question?
0: Ah. Uh, um. So you wanted when to bridge I the first... gap, as I recall. That's right. Yeah. Um. Definitely wanted to create a place where we do off-site that? fans could um, – did we do Did it? we bridge we did the cap?
1: It. Shit, did we forget to bridge I don't, the
0: I don't, cap? I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I wanted some place that we could showcase articles and get people that were off-site, but maybe were, had a, a little bit of an interest and felt intimidated by trying to find things on the wiki to get into – so that we could showcase them. So we could say, Hey, here's something cool. Here's a subject, um, you know, and the whole, let's talk about GOIs first was just, this (laughs) is just an excuse. Like we can just look at these specific times of articles so we don't get lost. Yeah. Um, (laughs) well, we haven't been that great about getting out episodes, but, um, resolutions, you know, and, and uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, and I thought maybe we could do a show that could satisfy that urge. Um, but not, I didn't want to just do it to satisfy, like, to talk about our stuff. Like, I, I really wanted to say, oh, here's these cool things. And I will say that since we started doing the show, um, I don't know if it's responsible for the popularity of our things on the wiki. But I have noticed a significant difference. You know, like, mm. people pay attention and you know it's not that big a deal but it also means something to people in the community and it means something to me so you know i just wanted a chance to be like hey there's a lot to shit on the wiki and i know it's intimidating but here's eight just read these pause and click on that link and 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 see if you can't read take the time to do it Mm -hmm. and i think it's worked out pretty well so far. it's very noble I thought it would be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, just
1: you hear my own voice, but your your reason's good. I mean, that is,
0: that's also true. Like, I, I always wanted to do like radio. Oh, Um, yeah. You got a radio voice. I don't. You do. Yeah. You, you have a fine voice. I don't understand why you'd say this. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I always wanted to, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, uh, I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do one where we just discuss and have a conversation about the SCPs? Because <clears throat> that just isn't a thing yeah. for the most part. <clears throat> People just um, read there's them. There's a couple of YouTube channels that have, have tried it and then kind of fallen off, and they were just like reading them from 001 onwards, which, you know, that doesn't work. The secret
1: is you um, have to be old enough that you only
0: have the energy to do things you actually intend to keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, But yeah, it's pretty cool, and it's pretty cool that this is episode, what, 37? Fuck.
2: That's how many years old I
0: am. I wish that was how many years old I am. In your heart. Uh, No, in my heart I'm 30. In my heart I've always (laughs) been about 80. Yeah, uh, I've been waiting my whole life to tell those kids to get off my lawn. (laughs) Alright, you read the question three.
1: Alright. It poses a hypothetical. Perhaps a user wishes to make their own stories in the future. Ooh, time travel. What tips would you give them in order to help one improve their writing and make it more interesting? Read
0: more. Read more. Like a whole fucking lot. Everything. I I read... I seriously read probably a book a week. Sometimes, when it's a longer book, it takes me two weeks. But um, I also read numerous articles on the wiki uh, if you want to write you need to learn how other people write that is not to say and we've said this a thousand times we are not saying that you go and look to steal ideas you are just reading a lot to immerse yourself in the written word to learn techniques because there are techniques to learn you know how people shape a story or pace a story pacing is probably one of the hardest things to learn uh, other than you know writing interesting characters, because God knows there's a lot of boring characters out there in fiction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, when you start writing a draft, finish the draft before you revise. Don't try to start editing if you see a flaw. Don't worry about that. Just get it to oh, some yeah, place where forever. you feel like the story is roughly complete, in whatever state of quality that it can, it is, and then go back and start looking at things. You know, I I think I said in an earlier episode. That uh, how I learned how to write uh, legal was to first revise uh, for substantive issues. So look at the the overall themes and the plot. Does that make sense? Then go back and and look to make sure that it's consistent. You know, does 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 one scene flow into the next? Does the pacing work? And then finally worry about um, typos and and misspellings. You can internalize a lot of those things, and I do those now, but it it, it helps to do those three sweeps when you're first starting. But wait until you're done. Um, Also, write your stories modularly. Okay, Mm -hmm. Think about, instead of worrying about your big story and looking at it from a mile up in the sky, looking down, get into the, the weeds and write each chunk as if they are a piece that you can then play with and then rearrange as necessary. Don't be afraid to say, hey, actually, if I wait to tell this part of the story until later, even though it takes place chronologically earlier, that will be more rewarding for their beater because then it'll provide a reveal, even if you didn't plan on it that way. I think about it in ways that you can take this piece and move it here or or there. That's why I always say write a loose outline. Be comfortable jumping forward and backward in time. Not like time travel, although if that's what you want to write, go for it. But tell a story out of order. Right now I'm reading one of Dan Abnett's Gaunt's Ghost books, and it's a story about a specific battle in Warhammer 40k. But the meat of every chapter is actually a flashback to an earlier engagement. And then at the end of the chapter, there's about two pages of what's happening modern day. And then it leads its way into the next flashback. And that sounds confusing, but it flows like genius. Because what he's doing is taking the time to explain something about this character he wants to focus on, which wouldn't make sense in the middle of a battle. Um, obviously, that only works if you make the pacing work. But, you know, jumping back and forwards in time is a great way to, like, stagger a reveal. Sure. Um the oldest advice in the fucking world is show don't tell. People don't really understand what that means, I find. Mm. So the way I think that that the way I care about that is do not tell me how someone feels. Show me through descriptions of their body language, the look on their face, the tone in their dialogue uh not saying they had an angry tone, but use words in such a way to communicate that they are pissed off and your dialogue will sing. That is the right way to make any character feel real. I think was very that good advice. That. those are those are my answers.
1: those are really good answers.
0: Uh, I agree
1: with everything that gregory said. Um, see you above that's it. No, nope, I'm done. No, I don't have a whole lot extra to say because uh, those are all the main points I think that are that most people would give you. That are most people who actually know what they're talking about will say that because uh, Gregory knows what he's talking about. So that leaves me very few good things to say. Um, the main thing I could say is t- take a story at the pace that the story seems to demand. If you're writing a story and you feel like it has to be. Uh, has to get to the next thing really quickly and has to get to the next thing and has to pile in as many things as possible. It will feel like you rushed it. If you write a story that isn't really about very many things and you drag it out to try to make it look like a long story, it will feel like you dragged it out to make it into a long story. Um, Don't be afraid to make something shorter and don't be afraid to make something longer if the stuff that you've written is too long and just doesn't get to your point. You can lose it. If the stuff that you've written doesn't feel like it's earned the conclusion that that you want it to earn, then maybe you need to do some more work and you need to spend more time on the stuff that you've been writing. Just understand that every story has its own specific value that you can get out of it and that the readers can get out of it and try and plumb as much of that as possible. I know a few people who, uh, Dr. Samarian, I, I think his favorite approach for writing stories is he's got a thing he wants to achieve and he wants to get in there and achieve the thing that he wants to achieve and get out, Uh, which means Sumerian has fairly short stories that generally have one big impact or a punch or a joke in a lot of cases um, or justify him giving it a punny title. And he does it that way. I always try to completely and utterly totally exhaust the potentialities for an idea which sometimes <laughs> results in <laughs> me writing entire books about one SCP after the after the fact. Um, but whatever your approach is just just be aware that the story's length uh, is, is not defined by how long you want to write it. Don't be like a fucking high school student going. It has to be 10 pages long so I'm just gonna stretch it out um, and and don't also feel like you, you can't write long stories. Uh, it it's 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 just don't aim for that just let the story be what the story wants to be and and trust your instincts on that and then when your instincts are are inaccurate cuz all your critters tell you it's too fucking long uh, take them seriously <laughs> i don't but you should
0: <laughs> yeah um i forget who said who said it but it's a famous author who said kill your darlings kill your darlings um sure. Which is... And another famous not, artist said, cite your sources, not, and I
1: can't remember who that was either.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, not necessarily kill your characters, although <laughs> if that fits, it fits. It's, it's, you know, I really love... The idea I had for this article included this. This story included this chapter. But if it doesn't work, and it's taking away from the pacing, don't be afraid to cut it down, or cut it out entirely. Yep. And if And if, like Harry said, if you feel like you get to the next point and like, I don't know if I feel anything once we get there, and that's where reading your own work comes in, objectively, like sit there and read it and go, what do you feel about it? Um, yeah, add a sense of place can often Mm -hmm. add a lot to it. So, um, how does how does that alley smell? What are the sounds that the person can hear?
1: But, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I mean... It was, you know, was, like, was just beautiful just out of nowhere. How does that alley smell? I'm, I'm going to clip that.
0: I'm thinking of a specific scene in my book. but <laughs> You know, like just like, how do you want to tell people that the, the character is near the ocean? Do you just want to talk about the fact that the beach is pretty? Or do you want to talk about the salt on the air and that the, the, the lapping of the waves mm. is, you know, rhythmic or whatever? It's a really boring thing because that's been done a thousand times. But, like, as an example... Talk about the surroundings. Don't just sit there and describe in nitty-gritty detail how everything looks, because most people don't look that detailed around at the things that are surrounding them. Give a sense of feeling, uh, of tone, of atmosphere by telling us how something smells, how something here sounds. Uh, how, what's the temperature like? You know, mm-hmm. just you know, you can you can add a lot to a scene by giving it a sense of place so that somebody could actually feel like maybe what it would be like to be there right.
1: makes it not feel like it's happening in a vacuum unless yeah. your story is set in space
0: yeah but don't that's a say sense of space char- different don't say the character was hot you know the character is sweaty talk about you know the fact that like they can feel the rings growing underneath their armpits soaking through their shirt and then just leave it at that and then the reader will go oh it's hot and it's humid they're sweating
1: Stand by for Gregory Carpenter's story. People smelling terrible in filthy alleys.
0: Well, that one's not for me. That one's from uh, the Dan Abnett story. I just remember they're (laughs) in this horrible jungle. How did that alley (coughs) smell
1: while the rings were growing under my armpits? That's actually a good starting line. I think I'll...
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) All right, I'm going to read... Wait, am I reading this? No, you're reading this next one. Okay. uh...
1: No, no, I did read that
0: one. Oh, you're right. You've, of course, read many different SCP articles. Which ones really stood out to you and why? Also, fuck you. I- I'm not doing a detailed answer like we did last episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, for some reason, I, I my answer was like... I'm looking at my answer and it says... The ones that make a point about humanity, i.e. sci-fi. Now, what did he mean by this? Uh... Uh I guess what he mean I guess what he means the past version of me who answered these questions last whatever the fuck <laughs> what I meant was the the most basic genre of the SCP wiki is science fiction it's not horror science fiction is is fiction enabled by vague scientific concepts fictionalized so science fiction's big thing is it's always been used as a trojan horse for talking about the non-science fictional world, for talking about the human condition, talking about how the world works. It's what Star Trek was. Star Trek was fake-pitched to the networks as a as a space western, and then it was used to talk about social issues. So the stories that make some sort of level of commentary on humanity and the problems that humanity faces are always the ones that strike me as, as the ones I want to think about later. I mean, I talked not too long ago about the Neon God, and the Neon God talks about Out of control, urban sprawl and uh, anomie in urban spaces and and feeling um, helpless against encroaching forces and, and such stuff like that. I mean, that's the kind of thing that appeals to me is stuff that's an interesting story, but it has a sort of a rhetorical punch to it like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And also scary monsters that like eat you.
0: I, I I will say that just as much as science fiction, uh, horror is all about social issues. It's
1: true. Um, uh, that's Monsters that eat matters. people, man, that there's too much of that going on in the world. <laughs> um, you, you, you don't mean that these stories are about something else, do you?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, no, because I know authors that write subtext, and those are cowards. Those authors are cowards.
1: <laughs> I tried to show that placeholder, by the way. I tried to show him uh, Garth Frangi's <laughs> dark place. I showed him one episode. He spent the whole episode going, "What? What? Over and over." Lo- I think it killed him. I think it's, it's dead now.
0: It's, but it's, what? What? Well, it's so funny.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it was. Uh, he got like really into the idea that the show was like a real show, and just like the, <laughs> the offensive incapability of the in universe people to make a show that even remotely resembles something someone would pay for was like blowing his mind every scene. I think he had to go lie down afterwards, anyway. Well, Garth Ranke Star Place, yeah, good times. I know writers who use subtext, uh, and they're all cowards.
2: <laughs> oh my god, I love it. <laughs>
0: Uh you know I'm gonna also say a general answer and just read just say, listen, go read Davy Fool, go read Metaphysician, go read Famine Pulse, read Ip, read Harry Blank, uh Gregory. find an author. You know, find an author that speaks to you and then read their whole fucking catalogue. You know, that's what I've done. So And then kill them and wear their skin. <laughs> right. Uh all right. You read this next one.
1: Do I though? And for the old age question. Oops. And for the age old question. Cats <laughs> or dogs or both? Neither. Cats. But go on. Cats.
0: Cats. Yeah, cats. I love dogs. Dogs are amazing. Uh, but. But there's nothing so good as a cat climbing up on your lap and curling into a purring ball. They're so lovely when they do
1: that, and it's especially made lovelier by the fact that sometimes, in fact, most of the time, they don't feel like doing that. So it's special <laughs> when they deign to give you their yes. presence. Whereas dogs are pretty much always ready to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. they never, never been like oh, I do feel like it right now. <laughs> yeah, they need it. They need the it. Quarters. Whereas cats are like, I could, I could go without. Yep, Whatever. Yep i grew up with cats and they're how i first related to animals you know in a personal way other than just like going to the zoo or something but that's not the same thing cats are so fucking cute and they're also so fucking mean and indifferent and that's what is great because getting a yes. cat to love you is so good getting a dog to love you is holding out a piece of meat right I, I lo- dogs are great you know but cats are so, a whole nother level uh, and let me just say, how much I fucking miss having a cat. I hate my life without a cat. Jeez. Dark. <sighs> well, I guess you need a cat. A th- um, yeah,
1: yeah. God, cats are great. Yeah, dogs mm-hmm. are good. I like dogs. Uh, people are, need to shut the fuck up about dogs, though. Like lately, like like mm-hmm. it's starting to seem like weird cult pod people thing like there's some people who i think get up every morning and the first thing that comes into their head is dogs and the last thing they think before they go to sleep is dogs and i don't know what's going on there but it's scaring me a little
0: yeah uh, and the whole sense that like somehow cats are like bad or mean or what it's just just, fuck off people who just just because you don't just because you yeah, just because you don't know how to relate to a cat doesn't mean they're not awesome. Oh, I don't want they're awesome. I don't want any
1: relationship. I have to put effort into. It's like, eh, all right, you know. Okay. <laughs> so this, so do continue to put this on your dating profiles on the internet, and shit. <laughs> like, I hate cats. I I, uh, don't do. it's like, do, I had a cat. Let everybody career, know that you're like emotionally like, unavailable and unless
0: it's right. easy. Adopted, adopted Sarah, and my parents had cats, and so we kept my kitten that I adopted from a friend. In my bedroom, because we didn't want the adult cats to murder her, Um, because they don't always like it when a new kitten comes around. Sometimes they're pretty cool with it, but for the first few weeks of her life, because she was really itty, really tiny, um, I kept her in my room, like, had a separate little sandbox for her and fed her there. So she slept every night with me, and I think I kind of became her mom. I'm not sure, like, how that worked, but she didn't she didn't imprint on any other people in that fucking house. There were six people on that house. And if anyone picked her up, she didn't kill them. She wasn't like one of those cats that would murder you and scratch you. But she was like, I hate this. and would squirm to get out of it. I picked her up. She immediately started purring mm. even when she was an adult. Uh, and I, there's nothing quite so good as being the only person in the room <laughs> that this cat loves. <laughs> when I met my ex, she had a cat that I fell in love with and I, I got that cat to like me more than he, she liked my ex. <laughs> and, that, and my ex had raised that cat. That's funny. Um, I would literally call to Callie, and Callie would come running to me. And she would not do that for my ex. <laughs> 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 yeah, she deserved it. So it's fine. Hmm. Uh, anyway. All right. I guess we both answered that question. I guess
1: we did. Uh, but I think I'm the one who asked it.
0: Yeah, and that's good, because Bottom Quark has a question for Harry, so I'm going to read it. Mm -hmm. As winner of the SCP Wiki Word Count Olympics, how can you write so fast? Is there a set daily routine? Do you make it a point to sit down and write every day or something? No, I type fast. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I
1: type type very quickly. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, I, I have less to do than most people. I sit in my basement or I walk around upstairs in my big house and I don't do much with my free time other than that. So I spend a lot of time writing, um, which is good because I have a really hard time grinding my brain into motion and actually getting it to go. Uh, the thing I do for money is I, I write. Again, I write for Afri and really enjoy that. It's a lot of fun, and then I, when I'm not doing that, I'm working on my personal writing, and that's also a lot of fun, and I've always wanted to write. And I mean, I also just spent about a decade preparing to be a PhD, which involved a lot of reading and, and writing. So I, really the answer is I've, I've organized my life and my physical <laughs> organism as a device that writes, and it's the main thing I spend my time doing, so uh, I just kind of get used to it. Uh, in a useful answer for other people is just, you need to make a space in your life for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you want to write a lot, if you really care about writing, it has to start taking precedent over the other things that are taking time uh, away from it. D- that, that does not mean uh, stop socializing with other human beings. No. Uh, yeah. that's, I mean, Because other human beings, it's very valuable to socialize with them, because then you can steal the things that happen in your real life and write <laughs> them about them. That's, that's the main value of having friends, really. Um, but it, it, it doesn't <laughs> have to do some level of uh, deciding w- w- where your hierarchies are for your, your hobbies and, and your... <laughs> Cause, I mean, as, as, a, as a university professor and a TA before that, I was always <laughs> really amused when my students would complain and they would say something like, I just didn't have time to read that, or I just didn't have time to write that paper. And what I never said, I would just be like, yeah, okay, because the social contract is you acknowledge that this is true even when it's not. But it's like, I was a university student too. I know that what you mean is you chose not to use your time for that. Like, (laughs) there are individual cases where you actually didn't have time because something happened. But for the most part, when a human being says, I didn't have time, they mean they felt like using that time to do a different thing, and they didn't do this, but they don't like saying that. (laughs) So now a lot of people are busy, a lot of people do have jobs, and a lot of people only have a small amount of leisure time. And if writing isn't the thing that's going to get your dopamine uh, all the way up there where you need it, then you're not going to spend your time doing that, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if you are legitimately all the time busy, and you don't have time to write right now, and you need to find a way to carve it out of your schedule, that's obviously a problem. Uh, For the rest of us who are just sort of filled with a whole variety of different things they can spend their time on... um, You need to make the conscious decision to do it. And it's painful and irritating, and as we've talked about, it can be very hard to start doing it, but for my money, the best way to convince your brain that it's a good thing to do with your time is when you do it, and it succeeds, and people read it, and they like it, and they tell you they liked it, then suddenly your brain goes, you know what? I can probably spend some time working on that now. So like, why do I write so much? because uh, I've never gotten that level of affirmation from people who aren't like already my friends or family ever in my life. So <laughs> Like just doing that and people read it and they go, "Wow, that's amazing. It's like, shit, I could probably keep doing this. So the rewards you get for starting
0: uh, tend to make the rest of it a lot easier. Yeah, the um, professional affirmation, which I've gotten, and I've gotten plenty of it, um, is just pales comparison right uh finding out you're good at your job or that you're smarter than somebody else or that you wrote a a good memo (laughs) means nothing (laughs) compared to someone and i write a lot of memos best memo um yeah um nothing nothing compared to when someone writes something that you wrote that came out of your personal experience or your personal feelings and then they found entertainment in it um that's that's it's it's like nothing else. once I started figuring out that we could do that I, I couldn't I can't live without it now right so yeah it's all about prioritizing it you know when we right get banned now, for sock puppeting it's gonna suck it is but it'll just be an excuse to finally focus on publishing so. <laughs> um, the uh, I have been working on a side project which I can't talk about uh, like I actually can't talk about it yep. but it's been you know it's like got a deadline that is upcoming and I've been working on that pretty much nonstop every free moment I have. And I bought, um, the Warhammer rogue trader CRPG (laughs) and I've played it for maybe three hours and I, desperately want to play more of it because it's awesome (laughs) and i'm you know after i get off work i have three or four hours in me maybe before i need to you know uh, other than doing laundry and doing dishes and making food so do i use those three hours to waste in, you know disappearing flash of light that is a video game or do i write something and you know the answer is you write something so Anyway, uh, uh, he has another... Qu- or, I'm sorry, I don't know Bottom Cork's gender. Bottom Quark uh, says, I've been closely following Wrong Tomorrow's updates, and it's fantastic. How did the whole idea of Site 43 come into your head? You've created so many vivid characters. So many characters. Yep. <laughs> which which is your favorite? Bottom Cork's favorite is Alan, uh, and he's helped me figure out a lot of things about identity, so I'd like to thank you for creating him.
1: Well, that's really cool. Uh, so... Yeah, this was, this was uh, the, the book that I wrote mostly this year. Well, not mostly this year, actually. A, a lot of it at the end of last year, and then sort of all in a rush in the last few months before it came out. Um, how did the whole idea come into my head? Basically, I was sitting there thinking... I don't want. I've told this part of the story before, but I was thinking I don't want to have to look up the entire fucking site mm-hmm. and see exactly how everybody else does shit before I can write my thing. So I went, This place is in the backwater where I happen to live. Uh, they probably do things slightly differently, and I'm going to make it up whole cloth. So once I decided I was going to make up a setting whole cloth, I basically went, Well, what would I want to be there? What do I like to be there? When I was a kid, I read a book about uh, the making of Star Trek, the original series, and there was a bit in there that said if we make the ship large enough and give it a large enough crew any given week, we could walk down a corridor or turn a corner and find ourselves in a room that has an expert in it we've never met before, who's an expert in a thing related to the plot, and off we go to the races. And that appealed to me just the idea if you make it large enough and you make it diverse enough you can always build it up bit by bit and you can always have a new expert in a new thing that's interesting for the story you want to tell at that moment and so i thought all right so it's an academic location probably because i know academics and i'm i'm vaguely interested in that probably i'll put a dormitory complex because I like to imagine most academics would like nothing so so much as to have a house where they could walk out the front door and be at their job instead of having to commute to some fucking big city. Uh, So (laughs) I I basically created the underground academic base of my dreams and slowly populated it with weirdos who do weird jobs, and I didn't have (laughs) it all planned out ahead of time. Um, The amount of Site-43 that's described in the stories It's Until a certain point, it's not more developed in my head than it is you see it on the page. Um, The elements that existed when I wrote the first article in the series were the elements I had thought through. And they all worked in there. And then when I wrote the next few stories, I had to start actually dividing it up. And then when I first started writing tales about it, I had to actually go like, what does this look like and what is it like to work there and how are these people actually... Uh, communicating with each other, interacting with each other, and you can really see that, I think, because the first few stories, it feels more like an SCP Foundation standard thing, where it's a little ominous, and there's a little bit of spookiness. Uh, the, the departmental names, the section titles, they all are, are half benign, half ominous, all of them. Um, <laughs> and, and that's just part of that, that whole general not having had it all thought out ahead of time. Like, the, it's the humanistic site where everybody's nice now. And, and it had it has sections called, like, Identity and Technocryptography. I was like, Identity? That's a creepy-ass thing to dedicate your section to. <laughs> and that's just the IT department. <laughs> um, so it just it builds naturally, and it goes over time. Um, as for which one is my favorite, it's really nice to hear that the site director, McInnes is, is someone's favorite. I've heard a few people say that. Yassi has talked to me. Yossi Posse has said that a few times as well. Um, and that's that's that feels like a really good sign to me, because McInnis is one of the ones that I have taken the longest to actually do much yeah. with. Um, so it's it's nice that when one of the ones that I've spent the least time with, that it's taken me the longest to actually get to, just <laughs> to hear that people like that character. Because obviously I've spent more time with the ones that got the tags first, uh, even if, of course, it was... Thanks to my friends, Doctor Weddle got a character tag before anybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good job on that. Um, which one is like my, my actual favorite though? I don't know. It's probably one of the ones that hasn't got a tag yet. It's probably either the Chief of Security or MTFs, depending on the era. Um, chief Ibanez or it's uh, Udo Okori, the Sand Sandwich, <laughs> the uh, thaumaturge who handles uh... sand. I'm, I'm fond of those ones, but I'm, I like all my characters, which is why they exist. They're all just examples of personalities I find interesting to interesting to write. And whenever I need a new personality, I, I, I just take one of the names that I've mentioned in passing and turn them into a person. The point is, they all exist in my head and they never shut up. And eventually I have to write down what they're saying, and that's where the stories come from. And, and thank I you was... for saying that nice thing about the, the character and identity. I've tried to make sure that all the characters have different ethnicities and different orientations and gender and, and, and as much variety as possible because that's what makes life worth living. It's what makes human race interesting. It's what separates us from lower organisms is the diversity of, of thought and personhood. And so hearing people are seeing reflections of themselves in these characters is good because that's the whole point of having them be so diverse is that people can read this and can experience their experiences see them reflected and they can also experience other people's um as as, as prismatically refracted through my cis white heterosexual <laughs> fucking brain. <laughs> yeah,
0: I uh yeah, that's a that's a funny thing. Like somebody was recently talking to me about like, well, what if we are not the ethnicity of the character they right. want to write? Is that is that, you know, appropriating? And I'm like, "No." not necessarily uh depends on how respectfully you write them um and whether or not you can realize that uh no your experience is not like a black woman's but you could probably empathize with them if you start to read about what black people have done or gotten understand you know Human beings i'm not i'm not i'm not a 60 year old female academic in a in a in a patriarchy but i can i can start to understand how that might feel and try to use that in my um, writing of those characters Uh, i would say my favorites are also udo cory and uh and ibanez uh, which is funny because i haven't written either of them but i've written Weddle and lily (laughs) (laughs) but those they're very fun and i don't know why i made them the the go-to people dealing with victim but it just well works.
1: those were the two and, that and i had, can't stop now those were the two that were the most developed at the time although it is funny that it wasn't Cory, since i sent Cory to your site originally um i know but they know. but the two of them weren't as developed until uh, the books that's where the banyas and Cory got because I, I have so many characters that it takes me time to get around <laughs> yeah yeah too many characters um yeah uh okay yeah the thing about uh, writing Read about other people uh, for me, from there's there's multiple sides to that just just oh you can't hear me can you now you can hear me i can't
0: i can <laughs> it's it's
1: doing that thing where occasionally you can't occasionally i can't it's it's a lot of fun uh, just just one last <laughs> thing on that writing about people who weren't like you um I understand there's a, lot, there's a lot of groups where there's a small population and they've been treated horribly during colonialism and they're worried about their concepts being co-opted and their lives being co-opted and themselves being puppeteered sure. in fiction. And that totally makes sense. And at the same time, if only those people ever write about those people, no one is writing about those people effectively and no one's ever hearing about those people and they don't exist in fiction. So there, ha- there is unfortunately there has to be some level of compromise where... Uh, There have to be indigenous characters in non-indigenous fiction, because otherwise indigenous people essentially don't exist demographically in fiction, because there aren't enough indigenous people to only write about indigenous people. So you do have to find some sort of a balance where you you learn about other people and you respect them enough that you try to write them as human beings experiencing experiences, and sometimes you'll get it wrong and really just be prepared to get it wrong and be prepared to correct it when you are told that it is wrong and be respectful
0: yeah in my book one of my characters is half white and half indian and i don't know what that feels like but i know what it's like to be half jewish right. and half non-jewish right there's always a gateway so, to something like this you, there's some there's some window that you can understand that person's experience right. it's um, human
1: experiences they're not interchangeable but they they do connect right
0: yeah our experiences are not the same as everyone else's experience but you can find overlap and read stuff from those people yeah if you want to write a story that has a woman in it that you are not relating to because you're not experiencing that see if you can't write read something from someone's perspective that's like that even if that's not fiction you know re- read someone's you know uh Op-ed pieces, read you know, academic pieces from that perspective. You don't have to be worried about telling stories about people that don't look like you. You have to be worried about telling those stories well and respectfully. Right. Exactly. So. All right. Uh, so, Bottom Quark wrote a question for me. Ah, uh,
1: yes. This one says here for Gregory, and you know what? <laughs> me too. Yes. Me too. As a student of a related field, I really enjoyed your parody and satire of modern media in VKTM. Are you intentionally involved in these waters, or did it begin with a few scattered ideas
0: that grew into Victim? Yeah, I don't do anything with media. Um, And I don't have any expertise in media. I just read and watch and pay attention a lot to trends in media. Um, I would never want to review anything but I think that I am constantly thinking like a reviewer <laughs> when I'm analyzing something. Right. Um, but I would never want to write those thoughts out, but I am kind of taking things apart and looking at the way that media is produced and, and the sort of both cynic. The problem that I have with media is that it's driven by business, yeah. but without that business, <laughs> wouldn't we any. wouldn't get things like, you know, the Godfather or, you know, Brokeback Mountain or, you know, big, big, landmark movies that found funding through the corporate media and got a platform and so i was able to see it so it's a double-edged sword and I'm, I'm not a capitalist by any means but i find it fascinating and i'm constantly kind of tearing it apart and looking at it you know in ways most of the time being pissed off about something like a canceled, yeah <laughs> um, but uh so uh it became it began with a few scattered ideas i've told the story here disadron sent me a a series of of ideas that disadron didn't know what to do with and wanted to know if i wanted to either collab on them or um just take them and run with them and one of them was an idea had almost no substance to it it was more of an effect which was there's something that makes you so scared that you forget what it was but you remember the emotional trauma i'm paraphrasing but that is basically what this is on road and somehow that turned into <laughs> a radio show a radio channel that targets people with the things they're most uncomfortable with in society and that was the first victim thing and i only made it victim because i wanted a radio call sign like kroq and uh vktm W-A-R-O-Q. in the morning uh, yeah exactly um and then it was as i think i said last time then it was something where it was like oh you know, this could be a company. Um, and I remember talking to you about the fact that, like, I wanted to do more satire. I wanted to talk about things that were annoying me or things that I found interesting to talk about that did, wouldn't fit in my little world and wouldn't fit and whatever. So I just started writing about media because with media, you could just tell almost if, if the anomalies are all focused on media, being movies or TV shows or music or books, you could tell any sort of story. right. Um, and what better way to talk about things that are going on in the world than with satire that is, at one hand, surely satirizing um, the media, but also really not. (laughs) I mean, it is, that's the framework, but it's rarely the point that I'm trying to make. Um, It's sort of a byproduct because of the way that they all come across as cynical and whatever. But um, yeah, so it it was, I wanted to talk about social commentary, but I wanted to do it in a non-didactic way. Uh, I wanted it to be satirical, uh, and I wanted something media-based because that was really open for interpretation. It was very intentional, but it grew very organically, idea by idea. Mm. I think we had enough articles for the tag within, like, six to eight weeks yeah. of my first posting. Um, yeah, it was you and me and Disadron great. and Plague. And Plague. Yeah, you and Disadron um, and
1: then Plague and I, and. Yeah. Somebody else too. Let me see. Oh, yeah, the game show of death was probably, the, the, not, not, the, not the game show of death, but the, <laughs> what the hell was it? Gehenna Arcade. Gehenna, Gehenna Arcade. Arcade. I don't know why I remember the bad early article. That's, I mean, it's not a bad
0: article, but it's not much to it because it's an old one. But Gehenna Arcade, yeah, it's a good article. Uh, I don't think that was in the first five, though. But anyway, um, but yeah, we had, you know, like 10 articles A bunch written by me, but now, you know, and and five authors, but now there's something like 40 something articles uh, and like 15 authors that have written different (laughs) victim stuff. So it it happened very organically, but very intentionally uh, because I've consistently tried to keep, you know, it's why I made in the, on the hub, there's the golden rules, Uh, which, you know, obviously people can write whatever they want, but then they know I'm going to hate it. (laughs) uh but yeah it it it, it, had not, it had very little to do with me being interested in talking about media and it ha- that happened just organically because i wanted to use a media focused thing right. um and then it just became its own beast like the whole i don't talk about the lore. that came about entirely organically i have no idea where that came from The fact that we don't talk about the origins, I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Uh, You know, the fact that we don't talk about their intentionality or the behind the scenes stuff, I don't know where that came from either. (laughs) I just started doing it. It just started happening. And I was like, listen, if you want to, it's what I've said a few times now. If you want to know what victim is about, the only thing I'm willing to say is what's written on the page. (laughs) Other than the general stuff I just talked about. All right. Uh, Here for both of you, uh, this question is for both of us. Uh, What is the typical procedure if the two of you decide to collaborate on an article? Will there be a clear division of labor between paragraphs, or you just write this, and then I'll edit it? I was like, Seinfeld.
1: What is the typical procedure if the
0: two of you? What is the
1: deal with the procedure? What is the deal with the labor between paragraphs? uh, That (laughs) was a terrible Seinfeld. Uh, uh, the answer, he, he's a terrible Seinfeld, so it's okay. That's true. He's crap. He's a bad guy.
0: Uh, what I have? He just, he just, he just was uh, taking pictures. Really, uh, hey, look at me! I'm eating halal in Haifa because I love Israel.
1: Oh, Jerry! Fuck you, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Okay. Well, that's a good uh, next question. No, uh, the answer to this question <laughs> is that I've written down is that we've never had to figure that out um, because I. Is there a page the two? Is there a page the two of us have fairly equally written? Because I don't think there is. Generally, what happens when Gregory and I collaborate is either it's a big enough thing that we both have completely separate things, or we write, or one of us writes it primarily and then the other one interjects. I think that's like the two modes we've done, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that is uh, the only thing where we actually split things up into pieces was the the. Uh, site dossier for yes uh, with site one hundred and six the procurement the liquidation best, department. So we each wrote a section of it. That's um, true. That's the only time that that it happened. Yeah. I think. So we've
1: never had to figure this out with the division of labor between paragraphs because even that was just like I'm writing this section of this dossier. Yeah. Um, the tales that we have for his will be done are written primarily by one of us and then the other one comes through and goes like here's what I think should also be in here and change the wording and blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why they're both co-authored by us because we brainstormed them ahead of time. Yeah, we are planning
0: the story entirely together. Yes, so it is. They, they are collaborations, but we would then be like, okay, I think I want to tell this side of the story, or I want to do this thing, and then okay, cool, then you go do that, and then we'll decide where in the order that goes. Yeah, um, which worked really which well. I just. I just read through the whole series and all of our notes on it so that we can get started writing it in the new that's year. That's
1: exciting. Yeah, we're going to get going on that again because uh, it's been <laughs> a long time Two years interregno. later.
0: <laughs> well, 18 months or I something. I do need to know that. where it's been the a, story it's been a goes
1: because it's going to end up, you know, it's canon, damn it. So
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Exciting. Uh, I guess that's that one answer pretty much, right?
0: Yeah, um let's see we yeah we the typically the way that we do it is that we have an overarching sort of story and then we kind of do one thing and then the other person comes in to help shape it um and then add lines and then yeah etc um yeah because Gregory 1600... gregory's
1: better he knows he knows what lucretia popis is gonna say and stuff but i don't so right like ah, i yeah. think she should say this and all
0: like, yeah cool um or just like tweak it a little you know i i i never like almost never replace whole sentences that you've written but it's almost always like well what if we made it sound just like this a little yeah. bit um 6500 you know is this ma- massive collaboration but it, like <laughs> like his will be done we conceptualize these things together um, we talked about what the larger world was. We talked about how they might connect. We talked about where the uh, the, the reveals and the ultimate um, like climax would be. But then we all went into our quarters to write.
1: Yeah. To my knowledge, uh, on 6500, the only pages that are co-authored in that entire thing, uh, Locke wrote the initial version of the poem that opens the first iteration and i rewrote it so that's co-authored with us i think placeholder helped Locke with something on the scp document for five mm-hmm. i'm not sure mm-hmm. I, like one of the one of the little possible origin stories i think he might have helped with that and placeholder wrote so the should. first couple paragraphs i think of the conclusion and then i finished the conclusion so other than that every other page is one author it,
0: but like all the other things we came in and we offered you know advice or, right um, except for dark uh, stuff uh, which wasn't done until the very last
1: minute we didn't have time
0: it. <laughs> well, luckily it's dark <laughs> stuff and dark stuff knows pros so it we weren't didn't really need other than advice, we were maybe. worried but whatever
1: <laughs> we were worried but it all worked out well because yeah it, it was yeah. brilliant
0: yeah so you know we know each other's styles and we respect it um So we're going to let the other person do what they're good at. Like, that's why we wanted to do something together. It's not so that we could write every sentence together. That doesn't make any sense. I don't even know how that would work. I know that people do that, and that's impressive, but I don't know how that Yeah, when
1: I write with placeholder, we change off on sections as well. It's the same thing. We don't both write the same thing. Like with the 7243, it was, I'll write these logs, you write the description, and I'll write this note, and you write the next
0: blurb. Speaking of you knowing my style, I believe you said that there was an imposter challenge you were thinking about. Yeah,
1: you know what? Actually, when I just said I did 21,000 uh, words... Did I say 21 or 31? I can't remember how many. I don't know. 31,000 31, words of writing for Christmas. That doesn't count the, like, about 4,000 or so that I was doing for you, because I was actually writing something for your birthday that I think I planned to write for your birthday last year as well. And it just Aww. I just got more pinch pinch hitting things to do and had to do them because otherwise somebody doesn't get a fucking Christmas present cuz the way this goddamn thing works and then I was like okay this so is I'll... the
0: most this is the most perfectly like like Emblematic way of why I my birthday sucks. <laughs> because it's right before Christmas. That's right. It sucks. I mean, it, this is. Like when people are like, don't you care about your birthday? No, not really, because my entire life has trained me that no one else will either. Not that you don't, but like, yeah, no, it's, I get you. it's just that the, it's the end of the fucking year. It's right before. It's literally three days before Christmas. It's like my 30th birthday, I invited like 115 people or something to this crazy party and 70 of them showed up. Great party. Amazing. One of the best days of my life, but it was still like, yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. I'll turn 30 again next year. Oh, wait. <laughs> so the, this is imposture, you know, <laughs> a uh, little bit of bitterness coming through a uh, little, little bit, just a tiny little, little
1: bit, bit. You well, gotta got leave that oh, silence well. in there too. That was, that was, wow. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah, so this is a thing I had planned to write for you like ages and ages ago and uh, just to keep forgetting to do it. But this time I have now written so much of it on yellow paper with a pencil that's so thin I can barely see it um, that I'll actually probably finish it at some point now and uh, spring it on you when you least least suspect it. Ooh. Because uh, if anybody can write a Gregory Carpin imposter challenge, it should be I, Gregory
0: Carpin. That's right. I don't think I would ever do an imposter challenge of anyone.
1: No, I've done a few. I've done that one. I've done the
0: debut fool
1: one and uh, the plague PJP one. Would...
0: Yeah. <clears throat> not that I'm not that I'm saying it's not a cool thing to do. It is. I just, I you know, already have so many modes of writing. I, I don't want to then insert another person's entire style of writing.
1: <laughs> I've barely got enough time to be me. I don't have time to be
0: you too. Yeah, that's yeah, man. I work a lot. Uh, all right. There's another question here. Um, is, uh, <laughs> who, who, <laughs> yeah, you did the last
1: one, right? Yeah. Okay. Is there a particular reason why neither of you have ever created a GOI formats article? It's because Gregory is Jewish. <laughs> uh, a GOI formats article, or is it just simply not appealing to you guys? Yeah, Gregory.
0: Yeah, they suck. No, they don't <laughs> suck. Listen, uh, there's a lot of great GOI formats that are out there that have been written. That is in spite of the fact that the formats suck um, for in general. It's like they're SCPs, but they're not. And if I'm going to write an SCP, I'm just going to write a fucking SCP. Yeah. Um, if I want to write a tale, I'm just going to write a fucking tale. I'm not going to write something along this other... You know arbitrarily forced formatting on you know i like taking the formatting of gois and putting them into scps that's fun but i don't i'm not interested in doing a goi format mostly because i don't always think that they're that interesting to look at or that interesting to read about i find most of the pacing of them really questionable um there's a lot of really really excellent examples that 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 don't that I wouldn't say that about um, things that we've read on this podcast and lots of other things but I don't really want to personally myself figure out how to make that work No, when I've already got SCPs and tales and no. a book to write and you know I just I podcast to produce I'm not doing that too <laughs> not interested
1: I uh, actually have one because uh, Do you? for the, the SCP 5k series that I write with uh, Gabriel hero who's the the main writer Mm -hmm. and also placeholder and I Um, we actually have a a UIU file that will be coming out at some point that should be very very fun Um, and it's entirely possible it'll be the first GOI format I've ever published because it's correct I have zero at present I also have an idea for one that is like so insane and gigantic and overblown that it's hilarious and one of these days I will get around to it it's a (laughs) it's a sequel to the of all things site 106 site dossier in a way uh, but I don't want to spoil it, because then somebody will go and
0: do it before yeah. me worse. Hopefully you're recording this, because I got silence.
1: Yeah, it's okay. My recording is good, and, and both of our recordings are probably crap at this point. So we'll just have to combine our two recordings, so that's fine. That's right. We're going to be doing that anyway. The backup recording is <laughs> fucked, so definitely don't fuck up the the main recording, because both of our
0: backups are missing one or the other of
1: us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Were you done? We, were you done answering that question? I'm sorry. I was done answering that question. Um, God, this is just a mess. Um, I will also add in a last thought that, as we've said before, nine out of ten of them are fucking visually awful to look at. Right. So, not interested. Although, if I was to do any of them UIU, I would probably do one of those. Yeah. Um, I will say that it kind of sucks that um, Parawatch is not the GOI I format, know. because I, I did one of those, I mean, technically we did two of those because okay. the bathroom, the bathroom's wiki. Yes. Um, and those are amazing, and they follow a completely different formatting setup, and I love them. Why aren't those a GOI? They should be. Yeah. Stupid.
1: Yeah, I think there needs to be a bit of a shuffling going on with the, the master qualities for tags and stuff. We'll see how that goes.
0: Alright. Uh, T-Bone Barry Hill, which is a really fun name. I erased uh, all the what names is, of the people here, so... What,
1: What's up? I erased all the names off of this, so I only have the questions. So this will be fun going <laughs> We've only got a few left. Like around?
0: Yeah, that's true. We're almost done. Uh, what is the best way to create a GOI format that fits, best fits a GOI? <laughs> <laughs> um, this one being right after the last one is so good. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah, My answer to what is the best way to create a GOI format is to don't, just and make an SAP or tale instead.
1: Don't. <laughs> the answer, the theoretical answer is if the story you're writing seems to be better from not the Foundation's perspective, but still needs to be clinical for some reason, just do that. But like, yeah, how do I make it best fits a GOI? I, I guess you have to read the GOI and actually know about them. <laughs> I guess that's the only answer, yeah. really.
0: But I mean, if it tells anybody anything i've written one of the more recent gois and created from whole scale and there's there is no goi format because i don't really like them if somebody wanted to make one i would be more than happy to look at it but you know if that tells you anything i wasn't interested in making one so goi
1: is dead nietzsche uh
0: all right read this next one that's for me does it start with the words have you no it's how would how, how would you defend? Would you defend? Do I have one? You don't have that one. Let me see. Okay. Let me see. Let
1: me see. Wait. Uh, no. Let me go back to the. Let me go back to the email. I'll go back to the email. This is me <laughs> stalling audibly, so it's not dead air, so we don't have to edit it. Going <laughs> back to the email, and I'm singing a song. Who's it from? Who's it from?
0: Room forty-eight. Ru
1: Roo, Roo Room. Oh shit, I never even saw this one. Oh my god, there's how many of these fucking
0: questions? That's so funny.
1: Jesus Christ, Gregory.
0: I did tell you every time I sent you some. Fuck me. Alright.
1: Roo room forty. These are mostly easy. Warhammer forty K, least favorite faction army out. Oh. We are, did, didn't we no 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 uh, this no, last no, no. Week. it's okay uh yeah no wait wait, wait, wait no, 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 no no i'm not giving this up it's my turn it's my turn okay though. so i do remember that we answered that question last time
0: uh uh why don't i have a room
1: i don't have a room gregory gregory i don't have a room
0: okay well i definitely sent that to you i'm but looking, I'm, doesn't looking matter. I'm looking i'm looking i don't see it
1: oh oh i do i found it i found it okay i'm very happy i feel very special okay Yep. Yeah. Uh, Gregory. how would you defend... I don't know how to say this. <laughs> uh, uh, Luft? Maybe Luft? How would you defend Luft Huron of the Astral Claws in court?
0: Uh, I wouldn't. He was a traitor. Would a traitor. Burn the heretic, the witch, and the mutant for he of Terra. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, uh, seriously, this dude was reborn as a Chaos Lord There's no real defense. The only legal standard in the Imperium is loyalty to the fucking Emperor. And he fucked that one up. (coughs) He's a turncoat space marine who also turned his own chapter and then started trying to make his own legion. So by the time they fucking caught up with them, he had 3,500 space marines. You're only supposed to have a thousand. The Codex Astartes is pretty clear. One chapter is a 1,000 marines. And then he took himself over several planets and named himself the Tyrant of Badab. Yeah, dude is not defendable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not taking your case.
0: <laughs> I
1: refuse. <coughs> well, that's pretty solid. I think that's. I think yeah. that's. Answer. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, this is pretty simple. So, this is Arthsimro. Earth. Arthsimro. Arthsimro. Have you ever eaten or cooked a wind-dried puffin? No. No. Chimera asks Next question. Chimera <laughs> asks, How did y'all become friends? Was it before y'all wrote SCPs or after y'all? So yeah, I think we've talked about this before, but I, I right. asked you to crit something of mine. And I just I went I went yeah, I went back and looked at Marsha, which is SCP fifty six twelve. I
1: thought we must have traded drafts, but I can't find anything that I was writing at yeah, that time.
0: I, yeah, I, I think I, I this asked you if you wanted, if you had something I, for me to crit, and I think you just said, "Well, no, but here I wrote this thing. I don't know, take a look. It's really long." Yeah, Which it was, was significant, significant others. others. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, "But you don't have to read it. It's like twenty thousand words." And I popped it open in a tab, um, fully intending not to read it, and then <laughs> who the fuck and then I started reading it. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, and, and But then I started to read it, and then I read the first one in, like, a couple hours. And then I was like, well, I'm going to read the other one. <laughs> and then, like, the next day or something, I was like, so that was really good. Yeah, and I like, really like what you did with it. And you're like, wait, you read all that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I really like how you jump back and forth in time. Like, I mean, <laughs> this is a trope that I really have always liked. Um, right, I should have known that that
1: would have appealed to Grigori, that whole tale. Oh, yeah, wow. Well, you heard his back and forth. Would,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so I came back a day later and said how much I liked it. And then we started chatting a bunch. And then um, I remember IRC. really early on we were, yes, yeah, IRC, we we're trading messages back and forth. And there was one mm-hmm. pretty, I mean, within a week of started talking. We had a, a conversation that was just constant for like six or seven hours. Yep. And we talked about like every single dc superhero including talking about the jsa for a long time right and the jsa is like my favorite thing in the world um and then we started and then somehow we ended up on prey 2017 and we both think it's like one of the best games ever made <laughs> uh and it's a game you can talk about for a long long yeah. time uh And then, yeah, so since then, we've basically talked, you know, multiple times a week, if not every day, uh, ever since. So, yeah, you're like my best friend that I haven't met in person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, back at you. and It's been absolutely pleasure from start to present. (laughs) And no no finish on the horizon until we, you know, die of old age, since we're both so old. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I would very much dislike uh, no longer talking, so that won't be happening. That's absolutely the case. Back uh, all right. You. It's my turn, but it's a question for me, but whatever. Uh, in episode 35, you, Gregory, talk about how you put your feelings into two of your stories. How were you able to convey that the way you did? Any tips you can give for others who wish to convey their own thoughts and emotions during a struggle they went through into a story? So this is a mildly long answer, but uh, I tend to really sink into my feelings just personally uh, and like let them percolate for a while. I, I I rarely respond quickly because when I was younger, I had a lot of anger management issues and I went through tra- uh, training. <laughs> 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 I went through therapy for it when I was pretty young feelings um, and training. a little bit later on. Um, it's kind of what therapy yeah, is, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I just learned very early that my immediate reaction to things could be somewhat shitty, um, <laughs> which, which Harry has seen because I vent to him sometimes, yeah, it's uh, many times.
1: Like everything else, it's reciprocal. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and oftentimes I find that, oh, if I vent something that I'm feeling and then it, it feels better, well, that can't really have been that big a deal. Um, so... I learned pretty early on to not like leap at negative emotions. I don't ignore them and bury them, but I kinda like sit and think for a bit. Am I still pissed off if I go take a shower? Am I still pissed off if I go for a walk or whatever? Um and so when I wrote the two stories that we were talking about before, which is fifty nine twenty-three and five zero seven nine, that was during the first three months of pandemic or so. Uh, somewhere in there. And um I wanted to, I had never experienced, I mean, none of us had really experienced anything like that, but I'm a very social person and I had just spent, you know, three years in law school and right before the pandemic, I'd spent two months, basically my only friend was studying for the bar. So it wasn't, he wasn't a very good friend (laughs) and I was just miserable. And then the pandemic started and we were so isolated that we couldn't even hang out With people that we were close to if they didn't live with us because we might give them a deadly disease or whatever. So, you know, I was sitting in my room all the time by myself, uh, barely talking to my roommates, scared to talk to my roommates because they all went to jobs um, and losing my fucking mind. And um, 5923 came about because I wanted to emphasize the haunting nature of feeling alone. Um, the, the way that loneliness can kind of just like seep into your everyday kind of interaction, the silence, um, and how poignant it can be, but also just how shitty it is. And then I just started following that premise to its logical extreme. You know, um, I started thinking about a city who was abandoned, but didn't, but was alive. So it didn't really like the idea it was abandoned. So how would the city get people to try and come? And that turned into, like, you know, using dreams to communicate in the noosphere and blah, 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 blah. Um, I was trying to focus on communicating that haunting feeling. For 5079, which is about a lonely person trying to figure out how to get closer to people. uh, So he uses a Starkick (laughs) mushroom machine thing. Um, The the feeling of wanting to contact with anybody, but also being really scared to do so because of the pandemic. So it was, how does isolation make us feel and how could it be dangerous to want to be around people? So for both of these, what really mattered was keeping the tone consistent. Um, Like with victim, I play with atonality. I switch from humor to horror at breakneck speed, but you can't do that with a story that you want to talk about your emotional state. You you want to like, keep things consistent. you don't want to throw a joke in there. Um, you don't want to make a, a jump scare you know spooky is fine because Gothic horror is really about you know melancholy but you can't you know suddenly have a murder monster in there. I mean maybe you could I, I don't know. but if you want to emphasize the feeling that you feel alone or you want to emphasize the feeling that you're frustrated at this, um, you've got to work on keeping the tone and the atmosphere so you really get a sense for how you feel in that feeling if it's not something that's going away and then instead of speaking to that feeling in the story you, I aimed for making a setting or a story that could help me be in that headspace uh, and right. talk about it so it's like that sense of space that I was talking about earlier but for your emotional intelligence, you know, for your emotional, whatever, um, your state of mind, your insight. Um, you want to make sure it's not something that's passing. That's why I talked about the shit with like, if you take a walk and you feel better, you know, don't write a story about that. (laughs) Don't write a vent piece unless it's funny, you know, and, and make sure you're not talking about other people specifically, right? Use allegory to talk about your emotions. Um, because if you make something too specific to you, It might not be as communicated, you know, it might not appeal to other people. And the whole point of it is to reach other people, to hopefully show other people that are feeling the same way, that they're not alone, or to just connect with somebody else who has a similar feeling. Right. Um, I think that's the point. Um, So, yeah, wait around. Let it kind of seep into your creative process. And then... Just make sure the tone is consistent. If it's an angry story, you want to make sure it's not something that's just, you know, just momentarily frustrating. Um, And yeah, I mean, really focus in on allegory. So something crazy, an idea that's really, really out there. It has nothing to do with your emotional state at the moment. But then using that to embody how you feel and then taking that to the logical extreme while keeping the tone consistent. Is how I would
1: advise. Yeah. You know, waiting I mean, for me, I, I, I wasn't asked.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, uh, that's a good answer, though. That's, that's the answer I would give anyway. So. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do any. I didn't
0: do any of the requisite research for the next one. Awesome. So you read it and i answer and then you come up with some <laughs> jokey answers I'm
1: alex oak 96 asks for Q&A part two if you were able to cast an scp film or television project using performers of today or yesteryear what are some casting choices you would make for some of the standouts and the many canons of the wiki it's a great question i just didn't have time before this one to really think about that yeah
0: yeah, it's yeah. one of those ones that would have taken a lot of time. I've so seen a lot of people on the Foundation doing this all the time, fan casting characters. Yeah, I didn't want to do this for like the whole wiki, so I just focus on characters I've written. Good, um, good. Yeah. So uh, for Victim, I would say Samara Weaving from Mary McPherson mm-hmm. would be a really good choice. I think Lakeith Stanfield would be a really good Jeremy Kincaid. Oh. Do you know who LaKeith Stanfield is? No, he's got a funny name though. Uh he does. Uh he's he's absolutely wonderful. Um highly lo- suggest you look up anything that he's in and enjoy it. Ooh. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh for Resurrection, I would say I have no fucking idea who I would cast as Lucretia Popescu because no one I can find or think of is buff enough except for one actress and she sucks. So I don't want oh, her yeah, to Oh, we're not casting my... uh,
1: the star, st- this, the Star Wars lady.
0: Nope. Um, I would say Zoe Kravitz for uh Carlotta Deneb. <laughs> I would say David Tennant for Dr. Dan. Oh, wow. Uh, I would say Tessa Thompson for Dr. Light. I would say Peter Serafinovics nice. for the Spectre. Nice. Fin- yes. <laughs> right. The tick. Uh, um, I didn't know who to pick for Raynor Miller, so I said Tom Holland because I thought that would be fun. <laughs> um, I thought for Dr. Gat, Jeff Bridges would be really good. That's funny. <laughs> and for General Wilford, I thought Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, well. That's good. Give him
1: a role where he isn't playing the comedian again. Nope, definitely
0: not. Because that's <laughs> what they did on The Walking Dead is they just said play the comedian. the I but worse. know. And he's got so much rage. I know. It's not fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, it's good that he got a good role, but yeah. He, like,
1: While you were talking, he was really
0: good as the comedian.
1: He he's really good at the comedian.
0: I mean, that movie sucks, but he's really good as.
1: He's one of the, he's one of the several things that they definitely got right. Um, Mandius is the in, other in, one. They did a really his, good job with us. Sea of things they did wrong. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking that Brian Cranston would be fun as Doctor Dan. I could see him pulling that off. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. I mean I could see I could see Brian Cranston pulling off Lucretia Popescu, honestly. Like <laughs> <laughs> he is
0: pretty good, yeah. Pretty much terrific. Uh, I saw him in a play last year. Did you? What was yeah, it? It's nice. Uh it was Memorable. It's like a it's a sailing memory. well, I, I play names are sometimes hard to remember. Oh, um, yeah. it was a it's like a naval allegory. It's about a, a college professor who's like very very well lauded who writes uh, a piece sort of talking about um how anyone that is sufficiently educated and and empathetic can s- basically speak for the oppressed peoples yeah. um which is obviously wrong no kidding uh and, but he's a well-meaning very progressive person Who just isn't fully up on the fact that he is 100 percent wrong and he shouldn't be debating he he gets asked to debate this basically neo-nazi and he's he's agreed to do it because he could debate anybody he could debate you know and and everybody in the college is like no don't even give him the time of day that's ridiculous uh you're legitimizing his perspective he's like no no i'm going to take him apart and he can't accept the fact that he's wrong and things go very badly. And he did a very good job. Very relatable because being someone who is white and such and trying to be an ally, you know, it can it can go wrong if you think you know better. Yep. Very easily, so. Cool. Great actor. Great answer to this question about it. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh,
1: let's see. Yeah, well, I, might, I might give a better answer to that sometime on the later later date, but let's continue to hear Gregory's answer. <laughs>
0: Heka Conqueriz I think Fran- Franca Poltenta who was the lead in Run Lola Run and a thousand other things would be a great director Varga Cool. Uh, Melissa Barrera who's the lead from Scream 5 and 6 would be an amazing Agent Douglas uh, Pedro Pascal would be an amazing Marquez Ooh. Michelle Pfeiffer would be the perfect choice for the matriarch <laughs> uh Path of the Cleric, Hiroyuki Sanada uh, would be my Kato. Um, If you look up this person, you'll recognize him. He's in every samurai movie ever. Uh, And Bay Donna for Fumiko. She's Korean, not Japanese, but I fucking love Bay Donna so, so, so much. She was... God, she's been in everything. Uh, Anyway. Um, The Sarkic Vanguard stories for Clef, I think Sam Rockwell. (laughs) Uh, for Varus, I think Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, for for Lovatar, I would say Indira Varma. And then for Oruk, I would say Keith David, but just as a voice.
1: God, I would love to see Sam Rockwell as Dr. Clef. That's a good choice.
0: Right, right? He'd be amazing. Sam Rockwell's really
1: good at playing just like fucking dirtbag, douchebag dipshit. He,
0: he is, and then he always kind of brings heart to him, though, too. Yeah. He's... God, Rockwell's good. I love Sam he's, he, he's so good. Yeah, he, yeah, hes really good. Anyway, did you want to answer any casting questions, or do you want to skip? No, I think I answering?
1: might answer that one better at a later date. Maybe we'll see. Okay, um, we'll slip it maybe, into another episode. Yeah, you know. do it on guard for three thing. Right, it might come up. Yeah, we'll we'll save that yeah. one for now.
0: Uh, so we've got. I'll read this next one. Okay, good, good. Fine. Uh what's an scp tail or goi format you haven't found an excuse to talk about on the podcast yet but you think we should all know about i'm starting to feel like also yeah also y'all make and navigating the wiki immeasurably more enjoyable since i started listening oh thanks alex that's very sweet
1: that's not included in my list of questions though I, i didn't get that
0: last bit there um maybe i didn't send it but i think i did
1: anyway you bastard. yeah no I, I see the question though uh this, this is starting to feel like i've i've targeted alex so uh alex of 96 for not answering but i'm looking at my sheet and i see that i never actually solved that question <laughs> something we haven't talked about that we should talk about uh i mean there's a lot of things yeah, there's a lot of things. And you know what the problem with that is? It's the same problem when someone says, okay, can you say something? And you go, "Yeah." No, uh, uh, hi? Because you, you've spoken the language your whole life. I remember <coughs> somebody saying this. You speak the language your whole life and someone says, say something. And you go, uh. uh. So yeah, I've read all these thousands of things and I can't think of anything. Uh, one, th- I'm just going to plug my friends because we've plugged you already. I would say... 7579 oh is for Orcaslos, which is placeholder's rewrite of SCP-79 uh, which is uh, labor of so love good. from the anthology and it is so fucking good I'm just okay. gonna say that one I don't think I don't think we had any reason to talk about that one before so that, that's one that no. I really really like
0: God, anthology twenty twenty two. I haven't read enough of the new anthology. I'm not trying to cast shade or anything, but but twenty twenty two. Jesus Christ, there's so many fucking incredible ones. I'm not just tooting our horns because I like the articles you and I did. I mean, all the other ones are so incredible. It was really good collection articles. Yeah, Um, I'll say sarcasm because we have been waiting to get metaphysician on. waiting until he's comfortable coming on he does want to come on but uh you know some things are in the way so um that would be my number one goal for the podcast for next year is to make that work out and then just i we need to we're gonna make the jump to cannons we might go back and do some of the guis we've missed later on but we might not uh it's time for cannons it's been enough we're doing enough yep 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 (laughs) all right uh do you have this next one from akalio yeah so this next one i'm gonna answer first
1: because uh this next one is from i'm gonna break format here uh this one's from acolio and they say what would you consider your favorite and least favorite beverage uh and my answer to least favorite
0: is the lacroix you just opened
1: (laughs) is tea i don't like tea uh and that's the end of my, my my answering you don't like tea? All teas? I don't like tea. It tastes like dirt.
0: That's not true.
1: I don't <laughs> like coffee
0: either. Well, oh, well, that's insane. But other, right.
1: other than the Kachunk, I also, I also really like uh, Caesars, like Clamato and hot sauce, like Caesars. That's what I like to drink. If I'm drinking, you drink
0: Clamato and
1: hot sauce like as, as Caesars. Yeah, it's like, uh, like a Bloody Mary, a Bloody Caesar.
0: Never heard. Oh. It? No, it's like it alcohol, but it's Ill. but it, it's
1: it's like tomato and hot sauce. So you don't notice that the alcohol's in there, fucking it up, and then you get drunk. It's good. Uh, but
0: for, I've had a Bloody Mary.
1: It's the same is that thing. Not what that is. Okay. It's essentially the same thing. I think. Maybe I'm wrong. No. In Canada, they're called Caesars. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Um, um, I yeah, <clears throat> I drink. I drink so much Coke Zero. It's basically all of my blood now. <laughs>
0: uh for me coffee is 100 percent my favorite beverage in fact i have done a lot of work over the last six months to make sure i don't drink as much coffee as i used to so now i have one or two cups at most um yeah which is good Uh, i have one right after i wake up and then maybe i have one before noon and then i stop except for today when i have one later on but i put booze in it
1: (laughs) i drink way too much coke in fact i always drink two during the podcast and i open the cans obviously but this time clearly this time i realized how late that question was going to be so i've this is actually the third can because oh, no. i opened the second one off camera so that like i could have something to drink before we got to this question because i knew we needed the sound effect and that's my commitment <laughs> to the quality of this podcast
0: <laughs> um a close second my favorite would be coconut water i love yeah. coconut water i i don't like most of the brands though i really only like zyko but uh-huh. i also really enjoy buying baby coconuts and cracking them open and drinking the water because i really enjoy them Guy, i have I like really a special that one up tool. a
1: really funny sentence
0: you <laughs> <He> could <laughs> um beverage that i hate uh milk uh, not only will it make me ill, but even before it would make me ill, yeah. I hated milk. I didn't ever drink glasses of milk when I was a kid. I would never drink the milk out of the cereal bowl. Like, I'd have a little bit of it because it tastes like cereal, but then that was it. I don't understand when people are like, mmm, delicious glass of milk. I'm, oh, you're an alien. Yeah, I'm like, not, not
1: a fan of just drinking that. Um, uh, I don't uh. like it on like, cereal.
0: Not even, not even chocolate milk. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I used to when I was a kid, but like you need you sure. need your calcium. So make sure y'all you get your calcium.
0: But when you're a kid and then stop because we're <laughs> not actually we don't we didn't actually adapt to continue drinking. It's why so many people are dairy like lactose intolerant yeah. because genetically we're not actually designed to digest it that much past adolescence.
1: That's interesting. I but we
0: that. developed dairy as a good protein reason to keep um, cows around because well goats was the earliest ones but yeah because it, it was a way to like provide more protein while also keeping uh, your source of the protein alive instead of killing all the animals mm-hmm. it, yeah it it, it, it it fits a good it makes sense it's important but like mostly people did not just drink milk that's why yogurt and 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 cheese is a thing
1: Cheese.
0: I like yogurt a lot. I wish I could eat any of that stuff anymore, oh, but I can't. This
1: is sad, you're making me hungry and sad. Hungry. <laughs> um, All right, you uh, uh, the,
0: the, your coconut,
1: whatever the fuck reminded me that I really like pina coladas.
0: Oh yeah, that's and uh, getting caught
1: in the rain.
0: <laughs> and <off> my wife. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say, do you drink pina coladas? Because that is like a 90 year old man's drink. I just remembering it because I had those when we went to the Dominican Republic
1: when I was a kid. Not, not a kid. Like when I was a teenager, we, that, uh, we, I went uh-huh. to high school, my
0: parents and I. We yeah, you Dominican. L- your parents were buying you like cocktails? Well, I, I was old
1: enough to have it. Nice. I don't remember what the drinking age was, but I was old enough to have the pina colada. And I, sure. Oh no, that's that's a false memory that I'm making. I, I'm making up a memory to make it make sense. I had non-alcoholic pina coladas. That's what it was. Oh, they, they, well, they it would probably it taste alcohol, which, which tastes so. better because it doesn't have alcohol in it, which inherently tastes bad. <laughs> no, it doesn't.
0: Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we're almost done here. Uh, Nolan from SCP Weekly uh, asked who would be a dream guest to have on the show. I already answered this. Yeah, metaphysician. Metaphysician would be great.
1: Um, I don't know. Tufto would be cool.
0: Oh, Tufto would be real good. Yeah, yeah. And Tufto listens, so hello, Tufto. Hello, Tufto. Uh, love Tufto. Um, Tufto responded to my criticism of of his one and I just want to reiterate, I fucking <laughs> love that article. <laughs> um... Metaphysician, Obviously, I think it'd be really cool to get, like, the Exploring Series or Volgan on. Um, but, you know, otherwise, just, like, authors. Just want to talk to people that create stuff.
1: I think that's probably doable. I had a, we have an unpublished thing that Place and I did with uh, Exploring Series, so I'm sure they'd be down for it.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. My, uh, my dream
1: one for OG43 that I mentioned before was to get Place and Ip. But obviously, the possibility of that ever happening
0: yeah. We'll, see. Um, we'll definitely have Place back on to talk about. We will have munition. Yes, hopefully, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See,
1: see and Lyran will just throw rocks at the recording studio.
0: Yeah, wouldn't trust her to do anything productive. <laughs> oh, that's
1: cruel! That's <laughs> totally unreasonable and untrue. No precedent <laughs> to say anything like
0: that. <laughs>
1: Uh, Lucy, all right, this, very Next, next second-to-last
0: one much. from T-Bone Barry Hill.
1: Hi, Lucy, if you're listening.
0: You're not listening. Yeah, if you're listening, please come on, but I know you won't. So Carry <laughs> on. Because you said you won't.
1: <laughs> Ralston too, right. won't come on either. Anyway, what were you saying?
0: Yeah, I know. So, read T-Bone Barry Hill's next question. Hell of a name. Hell of a name.
1: How would you suggest starting a new year off? when
0: considering writing and being motivated? Uh, Personally, I don't pay attention that much to the whole New Year thing. I don't like resolutions. I don't like arbitrary lines in the sand in my life. Um, But if you wanted to do that, the advice we said earlier, which is develop the habit, the, the exercise of writing. Make time, set aside that time, and actually use that time to write. Um, If you don't feel like it, do it anyway. Do it several times a week. And just start writing. Stop waiting for the feeling to be right. Stop waiting for some motivation. Because the only motivation that ever works is you. You have to be your motivation. That's right.
1: I find that if you do something every day, I don't know how this works for people whose brains aren't broken, but if you do something every day... You will continue to do it every day, and like you'll feel bad if you don't. So that's a good way to get onto the, the habit of it. So if you want to make the habit of writing something every day without exception, then you'll eventually train your brain to do it, uh, and it'll be easier if your brain is young and you can still train it to do things.
0: Yeah, I mean, start small. When you sit down in front of a computer, see if you can't get you know three to four hundred words written. All right. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to do. 3500 words a night but you know you want to work your way up so. start small okay. do what you can and then for our last question Bad Egg asks who are your favorite characters from the wiki that you wouldn't want to write an article about Hog
1: Slice um, present company accepted most people who write Hog Slice don't seem to get it right and it's irritating to read uh, so I find that difficult, <laughs> difficult and kind of scary <laughs>
0: I love using Hog
1: I know. You used them very well in the, the bathrooms wiki thing, especially. But like... Um,
0: I used them somewhere else, too, and I can't remember where. Oh, oh, in the most recent Victim article. article.
1: in the Twitter vi- Victim article. Yeah. Article. Of course it was. Okay. No, you, you had fun with
0: that. But like, I, I've seen a lot of people who it comes
1: across as like a sort of a pale version of the one in the original mm-hmm. article, because it's a really specific tone to hit. And I'd be afraid to screw that up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I say that, but I have actually written, he's in the gigantic conclusion to the time after time password, but that doesn't matter. I probably fucked him up. Uh,
0: he's good for using as a punchline. I wouldn't want to redo an entire story with him. No. Uh, if anything you're doing uh, involves commenting on the internet, you have to put it in I mean, there. You gotta have a, a hog slice on I, I originally, in at, what article is that? Um, hmm? This is the problem with having too many articles. You don't remember all your numbers. Well, you maybe do, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> just 7830. He's talking to himself.
1: He's having a conversation
0: with me, and I'm not in it. Uh, so, SCP-SCP-30. 7830, yeah, uh, yeah. which is... Uh, I don't remember the title I wrote. but Oh, the the Vic, the brand formerly known as Victim. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally did not have uh, a... a, a uh, i always want to say bone slice because of the spider-man movie and the Bone saw uh hog slice was not originally in that article and then yeah. um and people were like well you should like really go nuts in these parts like go, go really lean into it and it's like okay well you know what belongs here hog slice plugs here it does uh, Who are some characters that from the wiki that I wouldn't want to write? Uh, I love Anderson, and I love Wondertainment, and I don't want to write about either of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to write about them uh, at all, so I won't be.
1: <laughs> I had one fun thing that I wrote about Cornelius in uh, Cornelius Wondertainment, and again, Time for Time Passer, but that was just because I talked to Dark Stuff and Nico and, and got an idea. Um, I don't know how much I'd have to contribute to Wondertainment in general. Although I have <laughs> written Professor Fantastic, the bad knockoff. <laughs>
0: oh, you know what another one is? Uh, I think Faolin Wilson is amazing. But, I mean, I feel like Dark Stuff and, more importantly, Nico have kind of got that character pretty well handled. And I don't necessarily know how much more I have to add to it. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I think we've...
1: I might have used Phelan and a few other things in cameos as well, but no, I'd I'd feel a little out of my element on that one. Uh, Well, in that case, like, (laughs) um, most of Uranium Empire's characters are, like, so complex and detailed with their traumas and experiences Mm -hmm. that I I, I would feel perhaps (laughs) more than a little out of my depth trying to express the full level of the shit they've got going on. Uh, Having only my... uh, Again, cis, white, heterosexual, male experiences of life.
0: Um,
1: but I, mostly I, this ended up just I'll, being like, we love what other people have written sometimes enough that we respect yeah. it enough to not want to screw it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, one I would love to screw up, no, I don't want to screw it up, but one I've not figured out a way to do it, and I don't know if I really have it in me, is a, a Jude article for, Jude Crap. Yeah, for uh, Gamers Against Weed. I love Jude so so much. <laughs> I love that character <laughs> so much, um, but I don't know that I really have it in me to write him. Maybe I do, but I don't. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I don't Ruiz know. de Champ as well. Ruiz de Champ, sure. yeah.
1: I don't think I sure have any not. good ideas for the uh, the Homestuck satellite either, but I love it. Yeah, fair enough. Bones just, and uh, co-
0: Brainfirst, just copy uh, it uh, and, the, and you write right. your own just copy it and write your own satellite like that i'm <laughs> just kidding that's not, that was not intentional <laughs> all right we have finally reached the end Whoa. of this list Jesus of questions. Christ. fucking thank hell you. Hours and I know. so far <laughs> thank you Fuck so me. much to everybody who sent them in um thank you very much this did turn out to be basically as long as last time um uh, <laughs> uh yeah so uh happy holidays uh thank you for sending it in uh we have twitter for the show which is s-i-m-c-r-e-a-t we have my twitter is at gregory carpin
1: and i'm assuming gregory stopped talking and i'm at harry blank scp
0: that's right good job (laughs) uh and the email here is uh simply at gmail.com so please feel free to send us an email about anything um Obviously, we will be talking about Art Exchange next time. So maybe if you want to talk about that, send us an email ahead of time. If not, uh, send us an email about whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. We'll we'll probably read it unless you're a jerk.
1: You know what? I've got some questions that I need answered now.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Shoot.